0: What? I was
1: gonna say Can we talk about How fucking inconvenient Like spanks are Cause like I now can't just like Unzip my zipper And whip my dick out To piss Like I have
0: to like Why are you wearing spanks? Cause I'm
1: fat
0: Oh no, still, So when you take them off Do you I, look like I, I Do you look like Like a Like a Like like an old time Like wrestler uh, just Like just what firmly. is the top They're not
1: like? So I, they're not all the way They're, oh, just, they're like just like just Up short. to here Yeah. So then
0: again Do you still look like kind an old Kind of Yeah wrestler? a little bit Oh, <laughs> but I look hot in these
1: jeans, so Right. I'd fuck me.
0: I think you do that
1: already. I don't. Not often enough. Not enough self-love in my life. You're listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Funny, the podcast where every week we tell three stories, one good, one bad, and one funny. I'm your host, Jesse McIntyre, and a good fact about me is I have a great head of hair despite my horrible genetics.
0: I'm your other host, Lynette Thomas, and a bad fact about me, I overtip, but only because I refuse to do math in a high-pressure situation, not because I give a fuck mm. about putting more money in the pockets of people who work in restaurants.
2: All right. Um, I'm your other host, <laughs> Stacey Stark. And I guess a funny fact about me is that I am Lynette's baby daddy.
0: Yeah, all right. That is pretty funny. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. And, like, that was kind of against your will, too. Like, I just kind of hoisted that upon you.
2: <laughs> I mean, I asked if I could live in your basement, which mm-hmm. I don't. I keep my stuff down there. Yeah. Um, but in, in turn, I take care of
0: your children for you. You do. Yeah. You do.
1: Did they call you papa?
0: I wish. That'd that be would so be funny. amazing. What if they did it, but like only in our sarcastic way?
1: Yo. <laughs> I mean, that'd be
0: adorable. Are you guys ready? Because yeah, this is going to be. Listen, listen. We're about to take a very long, extensive journey together. Um, and this story has everything, okay?
1: Oh, is there sex?
0: There's sex. Is there drugs?
1: There's drugs. Is there, is there alcohol? Ultra violence.
0: And there is. Is there murder? There is. Is there rape? No. Oh, wow. I mean honestly, yeah, sure. I'm not gonna say that in this story, but uh, probably you can in- you can imply
1: that like on you know, this story.
0: Like David okay. Hawkins. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, let's go. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I want to tell you guys about a man named. Jonathan Adima, do you know who he is?
1: This sounds incredibly familiar. I think Go that ahead.
0: you will know bits and pieces of the story. Jonathan Adema, he goes by Jack. Great um, name. Jack, when he was 12 years old, he saw the movie Green Beret. I had never heard of this movie. Um, I think it's written by some guy named like John Robbins or mm-hmm. Jack Robbins or whatever. So anyway, he saw Green Beret and he, and it just like convinced him he wanted to be a Green Beret. Now the film Green Beret uh, was controversial because it's like the only film that made Vietnam seem like we did a good thing (laughs) there. It's the only Vietnam like prop, like propaganda, Propaganda, like uh,
1: state sponsored film.
0: When like Roger Ebert was like, that was his name, right? Yes. Yeah. He said he said uh, this is the worst piece of propaganda I've ever watched. Holy like shit. he like wrote a scathing review about it. And it's not like Ebert's like an uh, insane liberal guy, right? Like he, I pretty mean he's in he's, the middle. he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's like he's no. like a neoliberal for sure. <laughs> no, honey, what are y'all doing? No. This movie. This inspired Jack to be a green beret. He went and joined the military when he was 18. Um, he did become a green beret. Good for him. Okay.
1: He set a goal and he reached it. I like that for him.
0: But his stint in the army was super short lived because he was caught stealing and then just would do a lot. Just was like a crazy person, like a like a violent, would pick fights. Was just very unstable. As so, people who
1: are. Who want to join the Green Brazer one to do.
0: Um, so they in his uh, his record from the military, they they were like, Okay, he's you know, he's he has an irrational inclination towards violence. Um, he's the most somebody said he's the most unmotivated, unprofessional, immature man I have ever met.
1: How how are you too violent for the military? That's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. You like killing too much
0: (laughs) so um were you gonna say something
2: just that you know like i feel like you can be too violent if you're killing people like maybe like on your own
0: side that might not be a good Mm -hmm. good right so he was honorably discharged and banned um from ever enlisting again so they honorably discharged him but was like please never come back here (laughs) Okay.
1: We'll let you keep your pension if you just promise to not come back.
0: So over the next uh seventeen years I wanna say, he just did a string of uh crimes <laughs> and uh and and just like con man stuff. Mm. Um
1: just grifting about.
0: Yes. So he did all that and was arrested numerous times for violent offences. Like he didn't really get caught and any any stealing or con artist stuff he but he kept like beating people up for no fucking Mm -hmm. reason and being like very aggressive uh so none of those times he was arrested for these violent offenses did he ever get convicted um he was one of those like uh, survivalist like, oh, like, a survivalist isn't the right word, though. Was he like a prepper? It's, no, or... no, I'm about to tell you, Nick. Oh, shut sorry. up. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he was like, survivalist isn't the right word because it's survivalist mixed with, like, I secretly want to be in the military. Mm. Those kinds of people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like tactical. Yes, games. the yeah. tactical people. So he was... Um, There's this magazine. So this is in the 90s. There's this magazine called uh, Soldier of Fortune. (laughs) Okay, I didn't know anything about it, but it's a very I know
1: know Soldier of Fortune.
0: Military, tactical, like you know, gun equipment and bulletproof vest and like I think urban warfare was Mm -hmm. like an a reoccurring article in the in the magazine. And he made a lot of contacts in uh, while working with. Like, by just meeting people uh, with Soldier of Fortune. And he also, like, lied about his military background during mm-hmm. this time. I was like, told everybody that he was way more into the military and he served for a super long time and da 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 So, due to all of, due to these contacts and people, you know, they, like, it's like little militias. Like a network of little militias and mm. just, like guys who are not actively violent but just continue to plan like if something you know
3: know, if one
0: thug comes up like and that's all they talk about that's all you know what i mean so so anyway because he lied about like how long he was in the military and pretended he was like an expert in combat or whatever those soldier of fortune people started you know trusting him he opened a counterterrorism training school and this is before 9-11 this is Oh, in he the was ahead 90s. of the
1: curve. That's
0: this was in the '90s. He started this military ter- ter- uh, terrorism training school, uh, where he would where he would go around and like train um, police officers and people that like ex military people, all kinds of people to fight terrorism if terrorism ever happened upon them. Okay. He uh, also sold uh, paintball gear. And was a pioneer in the paintball gear industry at this time. Okay. So he was offered a job to train police in Lithuania through contacts to this Soldier of Fortune magazine. Okay, so he got this job in Lithuania to train police. While he was there, he contacted the FBI and Pentagon claiming that he unraveled uh, a nuclear weapons smuggling operation oh, with shit. Russia and they were like, Sure you did, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. That was probably fake. Okay. So then he comes back to the US in ninety two. He so he has this like counterterrorism training school and the paintball thing. His paintball business was like failing at this point in time. All the people that like all the vendors that he bought uh paintball gear from, he like ordered a bunch of gear and then just never paid them and defrauded 60 paintball companies or like people like gear companies out of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. and i was like that to me that number seems kind of low 60 companies i really got, i feel like that's only high. got 25k i don't know what do you think or 250 why are there so many paintball companies like well i just vendors
2: i just feel ah. like you know he would have to like kind of spread it out
0: yeah that's yeah. true yeah So he got caught um, and was arrested uh, for defrauding. He was arrested in 94 for defrauding those people. Uh, He decided to represent himself in court. He claimed to be the victim of an FBI plot to fuck with him, because he revealed the nuclear Russia thing (laughs) or whatever. Um, the judge told him that he, his best bet would be to plead insanity, which he did not do. Um, he was sentenced to four years in prison. He went, while he was in prison, he went on a suing spree. And I mean, he sued if they put him on a duty he didn't like in jail, he'd be like, I'm suing. suing you and would, <laughs> would sue these people like sued so many people, but he did Amazing. it so much. He got kind of popular with the people he was in jail with because he was, you know, fucking over, you know, guards and, you know, prison staff that they didn't like.
2: So wait, so you can just like decide you're going to just sue people. Yeah. Okay. That's, I don't know. That just seems yeah, so just cool. What do you think paperwork. that,
0: what, what do you, what do you think the process should be? Like who should you go through? I mean, I just feel like if you're if you're in prison
2: and like you don't like something about being in prison, I just feel like like what judge
0: is gonna exactly even take that on? Well, but that's course, what yeah. the judge's job is. So judges get you know the lawsuits in front of them, and they're like, "This is frivolous. I'm not. I won't go ahead with your case." But you can file as many as you fucking want to. So did he win anything? Um, not then, <clears throat> but we'll get to this we'll get to that okay so so he went on a suing spree also while he was in prison he tried to like he wrote a bunch of scripts and tried to pitch his life as a movie were any good um i didn't read them jesse i have no idea
1: (laughs) terrible research
0: um so uh he was trying to find somebody who would would make his story into a movie and he found a journalist named uh gary sort i think his name is skorka or sorka i i can't remember um but And I'm pretty sure I wrote it down incorrectly, but um, he is this (laughs) this documentarian uh, worked with the National like National Geographic. Um, It was like kind of an award winning documentary dude. Okay. Okay, so he was like, oh, I'll tell your fucking story. Now, according to Jack, his story is just way more than what I just told you. Like, he lies to people often and yes. pretends he did all of these things, these fantastical things, mm-hmm. and none of that, you know, is true. So anyway, um, the guy agrees uh, to tell a dude's story. He was released in prison. From, it, he was released from prison in 97. Um, he opened up an ultimate pet resort, um, I'm sorry, what? He opened up this business that was like a like a boarding thing for pets mm-hmm. called Ultimate Pet Resort. And he loves animals, this guy, and is very good to animals. Um, and so he's like, we'll never kennel your dog. Like,
1: This is kind of bumming me out. Because he, he was like clearly very... It sounds like he was pretty good at kenneling animals and also great at the paintball shit. He
0: doesn't need to do all this other stuff. Well, wait... <laughs> just wait. Okay. So um yeah, he opens that up. It's a pretty uh it's it's a it's a successful business that he's running with his girlfriend. Uh and Cute. he has like on the website, he has a picture like for the the uh, fucking bordering thing the, the website is a picture of his dog and like tells a fantastic hotel about his dog as well like this is like he jumped <laughs> yeah. out of planes and he did you know, this you know my dog that.
1: discovered some nuclear secrets in russia
0: <laughs> yeah i that's not really relevant to the story i just thought that that was no, just very wonderful. indicative of that. who this person that. is so everything was going well for him. He had a girlfriend. He, you know, he got out of his legal trouble. His business is booming. And everything is going good for a while until 9-11 happened. Ooh. Okay. kind of
1: how it turned out for everybody,
0: huh? <clears throat> Here's what he did. There is a $25 million reward for anyone who killed. So Jack is like, I need to get over to Afghanistan to do, to do my duty as an American. Um, He gets, he gets over there by telling a humanitarian aid, like someone who runs a humanitarian aid organization in Afghanistan, that they wanted to, that, that documentarian that was doing the story on his life, wanted to do a documentary about humanitarian aid in Afghanistan. And he's like, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be there because... Like, I, I have to be, and we, we want that. The humanitarian aid organization is the the documentary. Like, that's what it's about. Like, it's not about me, you know? Sure. Whatever. So he convinces uh, the guy who ran the, uh, the humanitarian aid organization. His name is Ed Artis. He met Artis uh immediately told this guy, like he they get over to afghanistan he meets this humanitarian aid worker and he immediately tells him i want to kill every afghan i see like immediately tells, tells him that um he tr- immediately tried to make the documentary about him um artists said that this dude was one of the dumbest assholes he's ever met in his life he pushed an aid worker out of <laughs> out of the way so he could do a photo op instead of the aid worker in front of like some new uh, medical equipment that they brought over to the region. He didn't have anything to do with yeah. this, but he pushed her out of the way so right. he could get the photo op. Artists told Skorka, the do- documentarian, like, hey, if if this jack dude is going to be part of this documentary, I don't want to be a part of this documentary because I hate him and he because
1: yeah, he's a piece of shit.
0: Right after that <laughs> conversation, Skorka got injured in afghanistan in afghanistan and had to return to the to the u.s so the documentarian had to come back to right. the u.s when he was injured he like like broke his leg and like i think shrapnel oh. or something and like like fucked up his leg but when the injury happened uh you know everybody was, like there were like military people and you know whatever around him But like Jack was not there when the injury happened Mm -hmm. and somebody called him and told him and he immediately rushed to the scene and undid all of the dressing from the wounds like like his wounds had been dressed. He came over, ripped off all of the bandages and then started redressing it himself. He came with a cameraman, ripped off the bandages and started to yeah bandage his friend again himself and do photo ops. And, and then the documentarian left. And so because he left, there's no documentary, right? Artist is like, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. Artist sends a fax to American authorities and they're like, hey, this guy is running around over here and he's so stupid. He's going to get somebody killed. And he's such a dumb, he's so dumb. <laughs> he's so dumb and he's so volatile. He's going to get somebody killed. Mm. Somebody come and get this man. Nobody comes and gets that man. So he is just left adrift in Afghanistan. We don't fucking want him. He is left to his own devices in Afghanistan and immediately tracks down anti-Taliban forces. So like the uh, the Iraqis who were fighting against terrorists within Afghanistan. Like the native counter The native, exactly. So like the Mujahideen right. and those. So he meets up with them and starts like, you know, pretending to be of importance, right? Uh, To these people who aren't from America and don't know any better. Mm -hmm. And he looks the part. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't even question his legitimacy because he looked like every other asshole American that was, you know, was over. So that just added an air of credibility to him. He meets up with these people and he kind of forms contacts uh, with them. Used these people to, like, help him stage... Heroic photo ops, basically. God damn. He then got, like, a group of anti-Taliban fighters uh, together um, and would charge journalists $1,000. The Afghanis would, like, escort journalists around. But they would be giving the money to this guy, um, $1,000 apiece. God damn. He created, like, a, like, you know, like, whenever he would talk to journalists, because the Afghanis that he was getting to like, you know, uh, take these journalists around. They don't talk to journalists, Mm -hmm. right? But he does. So then he would just make up shit and tell these journalists all of these things and and the journalists are like oh well he's clearly credible because he's like working with all of these right and so it's like this story is interesting because this is not the first time the manipulation is just so funny to me because it's like just because he's an american he has credibility Mm -hmm. with afghanis and because he has credibility with afghanis who don't know anything he then has credibility with the american journalists like that's
1: crazy wild wild stuff i wonder how many other grifters like this we're running around. we'll
0: get we'll get to oh, that because God. well no I, I, like i'm the way that the story plays out it's like there had to have been so many
1: yeah definitely
0: he during this time appeared in over a thousand newspapers in america and um 250 news shows uh and he was a correspondent for
1: fox news of fox course news baby. gotta love it sean hannity
0: Okay, that's what my grandparents my, watched. My boy Bill O'Reilly. It. What a terrible time for journalism! Never forget, and we've never recovered. Okay,
2: <laughs> wait, we'll back up. A terrible time for journalism was post nine eleven. I feel like that's when things got real. You
1: I, know mean, I mean, a terrible time. I mean, a terrible Americans. time for great time for uh, media companies to make money. Yeah, I was gonna we're we're
0: say w- when we made news, not news anymore. <laughs> It was because of nine, like it was nine eleven, not news anymore.
2: Like by that. it
1: became,
0: it became entertainment. A, a, yeah, entertainment, a shit show. People just arguing at each other
2: because nine eleven was so insane that like anything else that they put out could never measure up to it. Well, I that,
0: don't, no, that's not it. we were also arguing. We, po- we sorry, were. It's it's like there's propaganda because we're do, we're we're fighting a war. That's Mm -hmm. unpopular and uncalled for. So Mm -hmm. that opens up the door for opportunists to use the news to do propaganda Mm -hmm. so we can prop up this illegitimate war. And every like 9-11 was so crazy. People wanted to know what was going on. Is there going to be another terrorist attack? So Mm -hmm. then we got the 24 hour news cycle because people I mean, do you remember like the the like um, threat levels? like today we're in threat level orange like people were glued Mm. to the news because everybody was scared and they profited off of that and credibility and journalistic standards because because if you're trying to fill 24 hours of news that's what standards are going to lower itself like you're not going to be a good journalist anymore because you you have to keep producing more news so it's like Even if something's not accurate, even if somebody's not credible, you still got time to fill. So you're going to loosen your standards a little. So now now I I need y'all to follow how this man duped everyone. Like he cons his way over to Afghanistan, but like builds relationship with Afghani people because they don't understand. They just assume he has credibility. Right. Right. And then then because they think he has credibility, journalists think he has credibility. Then he takes that and he creates, like, credibility back inside the United States by going on all these television appearances and everything. And so, like, I don't know, feeds off of each other because it was such a shit show of a time. This could happen, right? And I will say the reason why he got away with it is that we, like, America used... America used contractors and private military corporations. So any American that was in Afghanistan with like camouflage on and tactical, like those sunglasses or whatever, they just assumed, okay, that's a private military yeah, guy. Because the there Africa. was a ton of them.
1: Because why else would you fucking be there? And
0: because that, they like the people over there didn't, they would just stay away from him for the most part. You know what I mean? So it was just easy for him to they didn't blend know in. what
1: he, a dumb cunt he was. Oh, damn. Okay.
0: So damn. War journalists at that time uh would just make fun of him though because they knew he was full of shit.
1: Yeah, they, they cuz they've been
0: him a here before, before yeah. you know? For sure. But they would call him uh, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> and they Wait, why? And they called him that because they're like, depending on who he's trying to con and lie to, he's either that's Secret so Service good. or he's from the CIA or he's, you know.
1: He's just swapping out the pieces of his face. He, yeah, exactly. That's so good. Uh, I
0: thought that was good. I was like, oh, that's so clever, war journalist. Yeah. <laughs> um,.
1: You should try you should try stand-up war journalists. That's very funny. <laughs>
0: he comes to the hotel that all the all the journalists that are in Afghanistan stay at. And he would like to go in there and just like regale them of, with like false stories and shit that didn't happen. Well one day he went in there and he was like, I have He said I have a box of tapes showing like Taliban training. They're like Taliban training videos. Do you guys remember during 9-11 all of those? all that footage of the okay it is believed heavily implied that now that we know all that we know that he just used the the people that was like the afghans he knew to just stage these fucking videos that we have seen over and we saw all throughout do you do you get what i'm do you understand the impact of this yeah so okay he, so this he told, was like
1: a huge, uh, this was a huge piece of like, uh, this was a huge argument for why it was justified that we were there in the exactly, first place.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. He goes to these journalists and he's like, look, bid for rights to these videos. CBS won the bid. Dan Rather interviews him please go back and watch this dan rather interview uh because i think dan rather knows he's full of shit like dan rather keeps like making these little faces or whatever but anyway aside from the tapes what he does in this interview is like make up stories about how violent the taliban are what they're doing like that they're you know kidnapping people and and i'm not saying that that wasn't happening but i'm saying that that nigga didn't know that shit was happening right but he went on the news, told all of these stories. And because he staged these videos, that added another layer of legitimacy. After this happens, his mom died. Aww. So he came back to the United States and, uh, and stayed for two years. During that time, he sued a fuck ton of people, like a crazy amount of people. But one of the people that he sued was Steven Spielberg, because what? Steven Spielberg made the movie *Peacemaker*, and he was convinced that that movie was about him. I've never seen *Peacemaker*, and there are <gasps> bits the scripts he wrote. Yes, that's what he's saying. That's what he's claiming. Oh shit! Yeah, he so he 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 had money, right? And also just had a bunch of like car, you know, tactical people mm. sh- stuff. Like one of his cars was being repossessed. So the this repo company which is just a dad and his son went to go repossess his, his vehicle and like he immediately just goes military combat oh on them he doesn't do anything to hurt them just tries to intimidate them He's right. like you're not taking my cars and da, da, da. i think they ended up getting the car but after that he went to these people's house, and their, the niece, like, she was, who was five, answered the door. And he, pre- he was pretending to be a pizza man. And he threw a pizza box at this child and was like, you're like, served. <laughs> 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 and, like, served papers within a fucking pizza box, dude. What a hack. And then repeated to stalk them and serve them papers every single day. For like a year
2: was it all in pizza boxes? It was not
0: all in pizza boxes, but
1: sometimes they were in sandwich,
2: but
0: bags. the like they basically said like he would he would like show up to their business and like four blacked out su like four blacked out SUVs with like his goons oh or whatever God. and like would stalk these people just because they were doing the their job and it's like the money that you're taking to sue all these damn people pay for the car. like why didn't you just pay, pay your fucking car I'm note sure he's, like a FIco like, why didn't he
2: just pay for his car? That's, That's what good. I'm
0: saying. OK. So. OK. So Robin Moore was the person who wrote the book Green Beret. Robert Moore also was into that Fort Soldier of Fortune magazine right. and was part of that circle. So him and him and Jack were friends, had been friends um, at this point in Jack's life. Robin Moore was like, uh, you know, he wants to write a book about the people that are going over there and hunting for Bin Laden. He just Mm -hmm. tells him that. And then Jack is like, that's all you had to say. Like, my favorite author, you're going to write a book about me I've been laying in bed
1: at night imagining this. Yeah,
0: like he came, for sure. Robin Moore only ended up writing a few pages of the book, and the rest of the book was written exclusively.
1: (laughs) Shut the fuck up.
0: By Jack. Okay. He, in the back of this book, which becomes a bestseller because of course course it it was post 9-11 America. Yes, it did. It became a bestseller. What was it called? It was called Hunt for Bin Laden.
1: I am positive my father has read that book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he makes, he basically writes the book and in the back of the book, he lists charities People can donate to no to support special forces operative and they all route to his PO box. Nice.
2: Yeah.
1: I should do that. Did what? Fraud?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he ends up being charged with mail fraud, but I don't think he went to jail for that. Um, That's insane. The the book was like a bestseller and and received a lot of praise. But it received noticeable criticism, loud and noticeable criticism from the, the humanitarian worker yeah. who was over there yeah. and like, you know, whatever. But also the people in the special forces, because this book is supposed to be about the special forces.
1: Not about uh, Jack Jericho well, or whatever his name
0: is. Which he is not, but claims to be. Right. When Robin Moore went to write this book, he interviewed extensively, actual special forces members. But so when the book came out and it, it just ended up being Jack's life story, these special forces members are like, one, he's fucking full of shit. And two, you know, my story is not being told because this fucking asshole.
1: Well, I want to read the original. Like, that sounds almost kind of interesting. Yeah, I
0: I wonder if they end up having kind of a contentious relationship later. I wonder if Robin Moore ever made the actual book he wanted to make or if he's, like, released his... But like the notes from sure. you know his his interviewing This of, is the of dude people.
1: who wrote Green Beret though so it would Correct. have a distinct conservative pro-war Probably but time. I
0: would still like to hear the actual oh, stories like from actual accounts sp- yeah uh, like special forces members over there So he got mad this is why they have a contentious relationship he got mad about people scrutinizing the book and Mm -hmm. just sued everyone, (laughs) sued, sued everyone that criticized him. But he also sued Robin Moore because I think Robin Moore was a little annoyed when the book came out and his publishing company and his daughter. So anyway, he after this, he goes back to Afghanistan. He has money now from all of these TV appearances and because that book was popular and cause he stole charity money, right? He has a lot of money. He goes to Kabul, Kabul how do you spell it? How Kabul. Do you, yeah, he goes there and immediately buys property, right? He claims that it's a rug business um, <laughs> and gives it in like and like puts and like puts up, which is like so on the nose. Yeah, for sure. You're in Afghanistan. And you start a rug business. Yes. Yeah, this is terrible. You fucking yeah, well, dumbass. An idiot. Ugh. So anyway, he claims to move a rug. to New York
1: and start a bodega. What a fucking moron.
0: He claims it's a rug business, um, and like and like like puts up like a logo for the business or whatever. But it what it, what it actually was was uh, uh he actually called it the Honeycomb Hideout, and he hired um, Afghans and and bought uniforms and created this task force saber
1: seven <laughs> that sounds badass I don't so know what you're he created about.
0: task force saber seven he b- bought his paramilitary outfit like like you know they, he bought them outfits and, and and weapons and whatever that they kept at the honeycomb hideout so he started um trying to hunt for bin laden again and and claimed to have like a lot of intelligence about like he would say like oh I have this secret like he would call the FBI and be like oh I have this information this this guy he works for him like just shit you know sure. just yeah, yeah. fingering people and right. being like uh whatever so he would go to the CIA CIA and they were clearly like Jesus not again dude mm. and so you need to go talk to the FBI and then they he'd call the FBI and they'd be like oh okay we're taking this very seriously he figured he was just going to do things for himself, basically. Appealing to the the authorities was getting him nowhere. He's just going to have to be that guy that kills terrorists.
1: Yeah, he's going to have to take matters (laughs) into his own hands.
0: He ended up turning a guy in over to the FBI uh, for terrorism. And the FBI released him after like two months because it was bullshit and he didn't do anything. He claimed to have intelligence that there was this bus coming. And the, the bus... Uh, there was a terrorist on the bus who was who had a bomb on and he was going to blow up the bus, okay? Him and his paramilitary organization go out and go to stop this bus make everybody get off the bus put guns in everybody's faces he picks a dude he's like that's the guy that I said was a terrorist he puts a black bag over this man's head he puts him in the back of a van and they transferred him to the honeycomb hideout okay they interrogate so this. they interrogate this guy after interrogation right he's like "Oh, I do know about like a terrorist and like points out this taxi driver and he's like yeah uh, he's a terrorist or whatever they go they go to get this taxi driver bring him back to the Honeycomb hideout interrogate him a whole bunch so they search his car they found bombs or bomb residue okay under investigation the taxi driver guy tells tells Jack that yes I am a terrorist and i i was going to uh, like i was planning on bombing this afghani supreme court officer sure. or something okay so then they, they keep that guy <laughs> and continue to i don't know just like keep him prisoner there jack tells this afghani official that he stopped a terrorist plot against him and so the guy thanked him and gave him his personal security force he was like jack you've done such a good thing for our country they gave and this they man gave his this own man military his security force oh i God. don't know how big it was but any even again, one
1: extra guy with a gun when is we're many.
0: talking about somebody doing doing shit like this you're again like just Adding to his credibility, he proceeds to continue to use those forces and do more raids uh, on people, accusing them of terrorists, taking people back to the Honeycomb hideout and, you know, having his way with them. Um, Wait, what? What? Having his way with them? We'll get to that, too. Oh. I have the I, I have theories. Okay, whatever. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. because he was doing all of this and pretending as if he was doing some something good and stopping actual credible terrorist attacks from happening against Afghani, you know, um, higher ups. Mm-hmm. He's now in good with these higher ups, right? And these higher ups are working with the United States military. Uh, he's now credible with the United States military. Jack tells tells Afghani's. That, a, that another Supreme Court official in Afghan is a terrorist. And then our military goes and confiscates this guy's car and says, oh, we found bomb, like traces of, of bomb stuff and Like there. explosive residue. Right. So, uh, so Jacka goes and arrests this su- Supreme Court official. But that ends so this up... Was
1: the, I'm sorry, this was the Supreme Court official that they're accusing of being...
0: Yeah, this is another Supreme Court but official, but, but yes, a Supreme, Court of a, a Supreme Court official in Afghanistan. But that ends up biting him in the butt because immediately when he does that, the Afghanis are like, what the f- who the fuck are you? What are you doing? Right. They hang up like wanted notices all around Afghanistan for for Jack. He gets arrested in Afghanistan and, and the rest of Sable or <laughs> Sable Task Seven or whatever the fuck. The Afghanis go into the compound and they find eight Afghani people, some hung up by their feet, who had clearly been tortured, bloody clothes, all types of shit. Um, Wait, were they dead? No. Oh, they were alive. Yikes! That's so somehow worse. So he. Yeah. So they find these people and they and they bring them out. Obviously, they you know they didn't leave them all right well we'll see you later (laughs) have a nice time they they bring them out um they take them they the so the afghani government takes these people who have just survived torture at the hands of this fucking guy and they give them to the fbi who immediately clears all eight individuals that were at this fucking compound what does that mean clears them
1: like they were they're
0: innocent oh everything was made up even the The, so listen to me that taxi driver the only reason that guy identified him is because that's the only person he could think of while he was who he had been friends with since he was a child damn the united states clears all of the people that jack has been torturing the afghan government sentences everybody in that house so they were charged with kidnap torture and having a private prison he's like well we were working with the united states government like we were working with the pentagon and fbi private is what prisons he are is, totally legal there is what he tells them so his lawyer is over here in the united states spinning a very interesting tale like so his lawyer is over here being like listen you, this we need to go get them and help them out because afghani government was just created and their legal system doesn't really exist so there's no way these americans are going to get a free trial america does not decides to be like we'll just let afghan handle it because this was directly after news came out about abu right
1: abu grab yeah thank you yeah
0: (laughs) i was gonna say grabby that's how george w bush said it and he got Um, dunked on so so yeah it was right after that came out and they were like we literally cannot have another the exact same story come out again because they could have brought them over here and tried them for what they did here. Right, but then it would be in the news. But then they would be like, yeah, like, oh, my God, (laughs) the U.S. has a torture problem, you know? The military gets on the news and they're like, hey, we've never worked with Jack. The guy's crazy. We've never (laughs) worked with him. Like, they did a whole fucking press conference, right? After Jack gets arrested and claims he was working with the FBI, the FBI came to his compound and seized all of his documents. And so then Jack was like, see, I told you I was working with them because they seized all the documents. They did end up returning the documents to him. So then Jack was able to say, they took all the documents that proved that I was working with them. He... He was not working with them. However, the U.S. government did accept, like, prisoners from him. And they were at least knowledgeable. They knew he was doing stuff. But they looked at him as, like, a pest. Like, this dude just keeps calling all the time or whatever. They would, like, take his phone calls and humor him. But that does not mean that they were actively working, you know, with him. But even that is embarrassing. Because y'all know this man is out here with the fucking private prison fucking torturing They're people. They definitely still condoning you know? his actions. Exactly. To some yes. Exactly. He pretends like it was sanctioned. Like they right. had me go right.
1: do this. They they told me to do That's it.
0: That's not the case, but the government is still culpable for 100%. what the fuck that man was doing over there. The the American government distanced themselves from him, but the thing is, he had gained credibility with Afghani higher up. So, he was he did end up being sentenced to prison um for t- t- 10 years him and the other two americans were sentenced to like 10 years and like s- some other p- and like i think the afghanis were like five years sure they did an interview with him in his afghani prison
1: what year was this do you know Do you
0: have uh, i i don't know it was it had to be like 2005 <sighs> oh so he's like out now though. well like it had to it had to even be before well, that yeah. uh like i don't know 2003 Probably. Uh-huh. So he did get sentenced, but they did an interview with him in in this Afghani prison, and he had like a pri- a wing of a prison that looked like a hotel. Is yeah. basically what it was. He had assistance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it, it, there was just alcohol. He he was running blogs during this yeah. time yeah. and yeah, he like had telling I all of his this. stories and and all that. So during this time while he was in prison, he. He started suing everybody <laughs> and sued everybody in the military and sued everybody like that distanced them. So like, right. just sued him. OK, um, we're going to get to Penny. Um, I find this part to be the most interesting piece of this story. And I I guess I should warn listeners that throughout me telling this part of the story, I'm going to make character judgments against someone who is truly a victim. But I do think it matters in the context of what occurs. So let's back up a couple of years. Um, Right before Dude was sentenced, there was media coverage and a lot of people were sympathizing with this man because... Like I said, there's so many private military organizations and a lot of them that got in trouble and a lot of them our government distanced themselves from. And he even though this guy was literally not part of any legitimate organization, 9-11 America was so patriotic and was so racist and, and, and literally wanted to just go over there. And just kill brown people like they they had such a boner for it oh, well, so uh, fox
1: sold it specifically as like a revenge fantasy absolutely you
0: know? and so he's on the news a lot and he has like people are supportive and sympathetic to this guy and this is where his eventual wife penny comes into the story when he gets sentenced there is a and he like i said was running a lot of blogs and da, da, da. she sees what's happening on the news and the documentary that i watched about it she's being interviewed in this documentary, and Penny, it says like I saw him on the news, and I am quoting her uh, as saying, and I felt so bad for him because, um, you know, he's probably over there getting tortured, and he's he's being a good American, and he went over there to do what all of us wanted to do, is what she said. Okay,
1: so she is also. So I racist and xenophobic. I
0: and... want to say that uh yeah, that's problematic. Yeah. For <laughs> like sure. that's problematic that that's what you took away from that. And of course, there's propaganda in America. And absolutely, she was not aware of what actually happened. To her, it just looks like some guy that was over there fighting terrorism is now being tortured. Because because, because even though even though the Afghani government was on our side mm-hmm. to the two people who with this thought process, anybody over there is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like so like the people who prosecuted him were not anti-American or fighting America, but in in Americans' minds they were. So anyway, whatever. Just she, the
1: narrative they were sold, you know? Right.
0: So so um so she feels sympathetic towards him and she joins This group of people of women specifically who feel sympathetic towards him and they, they you know get care packages together together to send over to him and then Penny eventually like writes to them they become pen pals da 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 and he and then it like turns romantic and you know they fall in love he was released in two thousand seven he did not serve all of his sentence I absolutely loved um, Penny talking about her meeting him because he gets out of prison they meet and she's like, and I saw him. I was so excited and I was so in love. And I and I saw him at the airport and she was like, and I looked at him and he would write me letters saying that like people called him short, but he's not actually short. And she's like, but he was, <laughs> he was very short. <laughs> so they went on this date they were like staying in this hotel room and they went on a date they were like out of the hotel room and and she was like oh shit i left like my keys like and he scaled the building Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he scaled the building to go and get i the bet damn. she
1: was so wet
0: no so she was like i was horrified and embarrassed and and she's like and i just met this man and but people see him scaling this building and um and they're like is that like your husband or like your boyfriend or like whatever and she's like oh (laughs) much like the cia (laughs) that's so crazy so and then he gets the keys and then goes back out the window and (laughs) scales Bro,
1: elevators exist.
0: <laughs> Scale it back down. So anyway, the whoever was like questioning her about it was like, um, she's like, why, is, why is he doing that? Like, is the elevator like? Like, she was basically like, does someone need to be rescued? Like, what's mm-hmm. happening? And she's like, oh, I left my keys. Um, I left my keys in there, and and the lady was like, why didn't he just go to the front desk? And she's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that man. that
2: would have been the right course of action
0: so he gets done off this building and everyone is like this is the cringiest behavior Mm -hmm. I've ever seen but he thinks and is like gesturing at people as if it was so cool yeah, like of course everybody's and he's doing jealous, the finger guns um, like hey um, he rented a condo in america um uh, and then he was immediately arrested for s- selling drugs and kicked out of the condo so he's like okay well we can't live in the united states anymore so like you gotta figure out where we can both live so they decided upon mexico or they they buy uh, like deep in the mexican jungle this this property basically this compound like this huge like mansion type type dealy he would do like survival drills when they lived there and like wake penny up in the middle of the night uh and and he's clearly like paranoid there's also a video of him and if you want to anybody just look this video up it's a video of that he posted himself online of um you know him studying the blade and making one of those cringy backyard karate (laughs) Sword videos or whatever the fuck. Uh, he ends up starting up a boat tour business that he based on Jack Sparrow and would like do boat tours pretending to be Jack Sparrow, and this began his like pirate era. I love so, that. So, wait, him. did he look anything like Johnny Depp? No, no, no.
2: Did, so it it wasn't good. No, Mm -mm. it was not. To be fair, at the
1: time, Pirates of the Caribbean was popping off. Yeah, it was wild. But 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 you
2: can't like try to pretend to be Jack Sparrow if you
0: can't pull it off. Right, exactly.
1: I don't think he's in his Um, rational mind at this point. So
0: so he started like hoisting pirate (laughs) stuff all up over his, like, little mansion or Just whatever. Just, like, Jolly Rogers and shit. And, and then decides to change his name. And, like, he doesn't legally change his name, but, like, he does when applying for, like, business stuff. He, he uses the name... What do you think it is? Guess. Jack Sparrow?
1: No, it's Steve... Uh, Cardinal.
2: <laughs> Johnny Cardinal?
0: <laughs> he uses the name... Um, Jack Black, but <laughs> but it's an actual person. But ha, he doesn't know that. No, how crazy. do you, he's how been you in, build a business he's surrounded on Jack Sparrow? But you don't know who Jack Black is. He's been he, in Afghanistan it, for
1: so long he hasn't seen School of Rock. Yet. And I was chose, literally
0: just going to say, how have you not seen the movie School of Rock? Exactly. But he chose the name because to him it sounded like a cool pirate name. It does kind. And of sound I was like, like, a cool like you damn name. right. At this point. Jack's father is about to die and he really really wants all of his stuff. Stuff. <laughs> oh, of course he does. There is a like a building that mm-hmm. his dad had bought him. It was like a like a row of like three business fronts, right? right. One he just like lived in for a while when he was running that pet resort sure. business. Um and then next door was the pet resort and then there was like Something for like his gear or some some shit, right? So, but whatever the uh, the building stayed in his dad's name because his dad was like, "You're really all over the place all the time, and like I want you to prosper or whatever." Mm -hmm. But like, I'll I will keep the I will the real. I'll just keep that in my name so you don't fuck it up. He really wanted his dad to like sign that over to him before he before he died. Um, But like with all of the legal stuff and. His current reputation, his dad was like, oh, no. no. I, I, his assets would definitely to, be seized. Like, I refuse to do it. So, what he did was marry Penny so he could put all the stuff in her name. His dad wouldn't sign it over to him before he died, but then he died. And so he just inherited yeah. it anyway, but put it all in Penny's name, right? And so that property that I was talking about, which is one of the, like, there are several different properties, but this specific one uh, where the pet resort used to be, um, he rented it out to a church. And then basically it was like the building was run down. He rented it out to a church and he was basically like, they're going to fix it all up and then I'm going to evict them. And then have a building that's kind of based that's not based i mean i hate i hate churches but but honestly on the ground level i go back and forth because i don't like the institution but honestly they do a lot of outreach and they and that's they true. harbor immigrant like churches do good stuff that's sometimes. Fair. all right okay we'll so you <clears> sure? so uh uh at this time he just started doing like a lot of drugs and it was just like making him more and more and more paranoid. Penny was there and she's like, you know, and then he, he just started like hanging out with people, all these drug people and like partying and da da da. Uh he stopped fucking Penny and started fucking a college twink and a trans woman. Wait,
2: excuse me? Like 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 gay doing it? Mhm. So wow. Penny
0: was like, "Oh, he's gay and I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go back to the United States." So she does go back to the United States. Now, Wait, again,
2: I just uh, have to pause. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Him being gay, that's like a huge twist on this whole thing. Isn't it? Yeah. Didn't yeah, I don't that. like gay
0: for evil, though. No, 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 no. But <laughs> I just didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. She, she leaves. And I find it interesting. Like I said, I'm going to say some mean things. But I find it very interesting that Penny didn't really like a lot of the things he did. He scaled a building and embarrassed her. She didn't like the whole church like she tells of all of these things that were like crazy and but she didn't like him suing everybody. He did, she didn't like all of these things. But the thing that made her leave was him being was gay. Was him being gay.
1: Yeah, that's very telling.
0: Oh, yikes. Made her leave the
2: And this is post 9/11, so this was like what like 2005? It was
0: around 2008-ish. 2008. 2008. Yeah. Wow. What what a cunt so so she <laughs> so she leaves uh, and, and like I said he was also getting very paranoid he was making her do all these drills she didn't like he was doing all these drugs she didn't like that she there's a lot of stuff that she did not like like so much abusive erratic his, behavior and she stayed by his side until she found out he was he was gay and that's where she drew the line
2: that's, and that's where she drew the line that's so dumb so well so we knew, wait can yeah. i just say was it maybe the infidelity that bothered her
0: here's my thing in the documentary the way she says it is that i found out he was gay and i thought i don't i don't belong here anymore because he doesn't want me anymore
2: I can actually Which identify I, with that again. as a lesbian. If, I absolutely. You know, girls who want to fuck dudes, I don't want to have anything to do with that.
0: I absolutely agree. But I feel like if it was a woman, because he's talked her into so many different things, right? I just believe that if it was a woman, he she would have just she opened up their yeah. like She would have acquiesced to that because she's done that so much. And it, to like the way she says it, it's specifically because he's gay like Mm -hmm. that's why okay she left and she made it back to the united states and when she touched down in the united states jack has a severe car accident and he fucks himself up oh no like how he broken clavicle broken ribs he fucks up his leg he fractures his skull like he is fucked up and and in the hospital and he calls her like he thought he was going to die. There's a phone call a recording of him mm-hmm. calling his lawyer and like in the hospital bed like I'm going to die. I need you to do da da da. Leave everything to Penny till any and he, and he says he says tell Penny she was right about everything. Like what? I don't know. OK. But what could it's probably about some gay stuff. <laughs> like, like I don't know. I, I don't know. He calls her to come back to take care of him. And she comes back and takes care of him. He gets addicted to the pain medication, mm-hmm. and he's Delicious. also doing heroin. And he's also doing, and he's also doing a lot of cocaine. And he's also drinking heavily, and his paranoia again is going through the roof. Hmm. And then she's taking care of him, and she begins to get sick. like <sighs> um. Oh, fuck. She's like, I think I'm going to get tested for HIV. Oh, and no. he says, I think I should, too. Oh, shit. And they both tested positive. The doctor that they saw was like, listen, um, you have a chance, Penny, of getting better. He really does not. It's bad. Wait, why doesn't he have a chance? I assume that it had gone to AIDS at that point. Mm. And so they were like, you can, you can treat HIV. Right you know
2: can i just say this story is not good for the gays yeah
0: you guys really should tighten up your ranks yeah for sure yeah
1: (laughs) you need to be more selective of who you let into your club
0: yeah definitely um it's like y'all should have like a committee or something you know
1: (laughs) invite only
0: um okay so uh she leaves again to go and get treatment in the United States and she was like I'm gonna stay gone and she joins a support group and it really helped her out but Jack is still like calling her and stuff all of the time and he told her that he wanted her to come back and she is like I everybody in the support group is like do not like bitch listen to yourself don't go back down there and she was like oh I left my dog (laughs) so she goes back
1: it is a very cute dog
0: it is so she goes back and she says when she goes in there, like, the house is disgusting. She talks to, you know, the maids that were there, and they were like, he's still doing orgies. And so Penny's like, I don't even know how many people, because, like, not only are they doing the, the sex stuff, they're also doing a lot of heroin and and needle stuff. So, like...
2: Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. This is what like 2008, 2010. I feel like people should know better by now. Well, he did know better. The, he
0: doesn't give a fuck. But this like is the, the other of the people, opioid epidemic.
2: but like the other people involved, I feel like you they think should that know better. They,
0: okay. I I mean, I think that Jack had a lot of money, and he surrounded himself with a vulnerable community of people and drug addicts. And I don't. I don't think that that was the thing that they. I don't even know if he, because he, also part of it is Penny Penny says, like, he tells, he's like, I hope you're not telling anyone about your diagnosis. Like, how many people did you tell? So I think that, like, he was actively keeping it a secret. And,
2: I mean, I think it's something you don't need to tell everyone, but you need to tell people you're going to be sexually
0: involved with. Or
1: doing intravenous drugs with. Are you, are
0: you, are you saying that he should have had better, like, he should have done better? I'm saying, I don't know. I'm all I'm
2: saying is that he shouldn't be telling her not to tell anyone because if she'd be well, fucking yeah. anyone, then it, she should tell them
0: exactly. Yeah, 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 I agree. So she was pretty disgusted. and it, right then and there just was like, I came back here to get my dog and to murder this man. <laughs> oh. Like so she grabbed a gun and like um and and pointed at his head but did not pull the trigger fast enough. So he turns around and starts beating the shit out of her. That's smashes her head against the floor. Um why wouldn't um, she just shoot him I mean, if he if he was coming at her? I know. She
1: didn't have special forces training. She
0: she smashes his head against the floor. She or he smashes her head against the floor he like drags her into the room and like punches her in the face like just like really hurts this woman um and uh and and leaves her there on the floor so she calls her friend and she's like he's gonna fucking kill me please call the embassy and her friend is like i will do that uh wait how does
2: she get away from him
0: he left her on the like he beat her Pretty severely, and then left her on the floor. And then she calls her friend. And then she called her friend. Okay. So, um, so a, a day goes by, and he legitimately tortures this woman, pours buckets and buckets and buckets of water on her head, uh, I, I repeatedly asks her who she's working for. He's like um, waterboarding. Like water, her. like water, like waterboarding her. Ask her who's who are you working with? Okay, but like, who why is why is she still with him though? That's she, my question. Well, he, she's he, captive. She's now. captive now. Ugh. Like she can't leave. That's what but she, she called told her friend to call the embassy. What was her friend gonna do? I don't. Like the, I don't embassy, know. Im- the embassy. Uh, the embassy. It takes them a minute. You know what I mean? So, so he uses uh, rats to torture her. He puts a bag on her head with rats in it. They Oy. start. They started chewing her head. She said she's very afraid. She was already had a phobia, but like you know, and whatever. Um, it's a street And and it, they were chewing. They were like chewing on her head that he had just bashed against the floor. Uh, um,
2: I don't, I don't like this story anymore. <laughs> did you like it before? I mean, there have
0: been moments. I, okay. It so was at least
1: uh, this is just sad before it was entertaining. I don't think wild. it was
0: entertaining. I think it's tragic. He, it tortured her. He injects her with like, uh, sedatives. Um, and she was just like, you know, loopy or whatever. It was definitely heroin. Right? And it wasn't it was, heroin. It wasn't no. It, sure. There was a, it was like a legitimate ah. sedative. The embassy, remember, two representatives from the embassy come and, and Jack is like, you need to go talk to them, but he's standing behind her, like with with a gun in his like pocket. And so then, you know, they question her, and they're like, you know, like, are you okay? And she can't say anything because she she's like, he said he would kill her and the people if she said anything. And she's like, I absolutely believe that, and I do too. He probably would have. Mm. So so she doesn't say anything. But when uh, after she says that everything's okay, she reaches out like they one of them reaches out their hand to like shake her hand and she like digs her nails into his arm to kind of alert him of what's going on. And they give, he, the, he gives her a hug. Like when she does this, he gives her a hug and um and then jack is like what's going on and like whatever and and she was like in that moment i believed like these people were going to come back and rescue me like but five days go by and nobody comes for penny and she's continuously being tortured and and asked like who who are you working for especially after the embassy guys come because now he's He's even more paranoid because people came, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's like, who are you working for? Da, da, da. And she's like, I'm not working for anyone. I wanted to kill you because you gave me fucking HIV, you dumb shit. Like, I'm not working for anyone. I want to kill you for personal reasons. So eventually she said she she hears a familiar voice and it's like their plumber that they always call. they came to the house for a house call and and he sees her and they talk and she's, and he's like, yeah, you know, you look in bad shape, like what's going on? And, and like, why don't you let's go leave and get medical attention? She's like, I'm being held prisoner. And he's like, I'm going to get you out of here. Like he comes back and the other house staff work to um, distract Jack while he goes to get Petty and he's like come on we gotta go and she's like I gotta get my dog and he's like bitch you need a le- <laughs> you need to leave like what are you talking about mm-hmm. fuck the dog like let's get out of yeah, here sure. so um, he eventually like gets her out drops her off at a hotel it was like use a fake name whatever uh, and then um, she calls the, the embassy and the embassy came to escort her out of the country and she pressed charges on him so she gets back to the United States and sh- he gets Put on house arrest. Wait yes. hang on. What country were they in before Mexico? Mexico, Mexico. right? Okay. Um, so he gets uh, he so he learns he's about to be put on house arrest, and he begins a harassment campaign against her. He calls her every. Every single day, he, you know, like stalks her friends and family. Um, he goes onto his blogs and tells his followers his about blogs it. Blogs are still active yes. at this point. They, Damn, they tell he tells uh, his followers about it. They start uh, posting revenge porn of Penny. Um, and make starting other blogs just to harass this woman. All of this is happening. They get into a battle about the because all of his business stuff is in Penny's name. So they get into a battle Uh, because she has all of it, all of his assets, all of his assets. So they get in a illegal battle. She ends up giving the property with the church in it just to the church. She just, <laughs> she just signed it over to them. Like, good for you, Penny. That's good for awesome. you. But, but while she's telling all of this, she's like, you know, I, she, she clearly still loved this man, like, was still in love with this man. And it says it, it, says it. So they talk. Um, That's insane. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. Yes. And they, they talked. They consistently talked throughout this time. Like, he still wanted her to come back. And she's like, we're kind of too far gone. But, you know, whatever. I'll still talk to you all the time. But in 2012, uh, she gets a phone call like from him. And she could just tell, like, he was about to to die. Right. And he knew it. Um, and so they, they talked one last time. And he told her that he was sorry. And she... Um, Never spoke to him again. He died the next day. Damn. Penny is permanently disabled. Wait, why? From the beating. From the beating. Like and how? I'm about to tell ta- Oh sorry. Go on. <laughs> so Penny is permanently disabled. She's blind in one eye. Uh not only is she blind, but this eye there was clotting and pressure behind her eye. So it just like moves and squishes in her head like putting mm. pressure on her sinuses you know, she has like severe blood clots and then in other other problems from the beating but also you know an hiv diagnosis that she got from this movie. jesus during the interview she's like you know and i up until the day he died i loved him like i love this guy the last part of the documentary uh The guy that was was like, hey, you brought up this birthday video. Do you want to tell us about it? And she's like, oh, yeah, there's this video of Jack um, at his birthday uh, party. And this was like a year before he died, Um, like the birthday before he died. Right. Uh, There's a video of him at his birthday party and. Uh, he's having like you know a good ass good ass time, um, and she wasn't able to go because she was in the United States. This was when she was doing the treatment, right? And she was in the United States, and he made the video for her because she wasn't able to be there. And the video shows Jack like having a good time at his birthday, and like and like um, it's so interesting because you watch this video of him, and he isn't the violent macho weirdo he's he looks like a pretty cool dude who's having fun with his friends and she's like that's the jack that i would like to remember but but it's also i don't know it's something about a charismatic personality because he had already given you hiv at this point you know and done all these things that yeah that you didn't like and y'all were still like talking and close enough like that bond was still there for you to for him to like make a take the video time to send that video to, because yeah, you couldn't be there because yeah. you couldn't be there and it's i don't know it's just fucking crazy
1: that's heartbreaking they
0: interviewed her penny after the they went back so they made the documentary sent it to penny um and then, and then did like a follow up after she watched the, the documentary. She, I just want to say, she currently has zero traces of HIV. Hey, in her system. you love to see it. You do love to see it. Um, wait, but how does that work? Like, does it take she still... medication to suppress it? You take a medication every day to suppress it, but she still like, has it technically. Yeah, if she but stops she taking no... it. Right, but she it's, it has does not have a detectable level in her in her system.
1: So in theory, she can't like transmit it or anything. Correct. Like
0: that. Now she also said of she says she does hate Jack now, but <laughs> until the day he died, loved him. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, i mean, like you. He, he put rats on your head,
2: bitch. Like yeah. wait, that's crazy to me. I feel like the minute you start beating someone, I feel like I'm out. I'm
0: out. Yeah. There ain't no love, bro. So yeah. um. So she did say the one thing that Jack took away from her that she can't ever move on from was um, he took away her ability to be intimate because she one has HIV and she's like, I just couldn't do that to another person. I don't care how careful I am. I don't care if I don't have any traces in my system. I'm still so scared that I'm going to give this to someone else. But she's like, but also intimacy and like, I can't ever get close to another person because of I. the one time I did, he put rats on me. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is, that's the story. I know this was a long one, but I told so you long. there was no fat to it.
1: All right, yeah. Jesus. Right. okay. Stacey, why don't you tell us your story for the first time <laughs> and definitely not start from the beginning.
2: All right, so my story happens post nine eleven.
1: Wait, when exactly? Uh, two thousand
2: four to two thousand seven. Yeah, However, it has no- it has nothing to do with uh, with 11 It's about
0: Hillary Duff. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I can't feign my surprise on that one again. Can we talk but about I am very excited. How great was for a second. Uh, yeah, we Such can. Great, it was so great. Such
1: a great show.
0: Can I pause to just say the one thing I love about this podcast?
1: <laughs> What's that?
0: Is um, that uh, the words "good," "bad," and "funny" are subjective, and also the stories that we each pick are very unique to our personalities. You kind of understand. So true. Understand <laughs>
2: yeah
0: with how you.
2: because i i tend to
0: pick women it'll always be women. i hope you always pick women because you're a big fat lesbian <laughs> yeah you're I'm super. You're not gay. even fat you're a very slim
2: lesbian <laughs> thank you i do a muffin top i need to get rid of it i need to make it i think back. you
0: look so manly the more weight you put on and i love that for you
2: i'm not gonna put on more weight for you
0: Oh,
2: i've been doing yoga trying to eat healthy good for you so she met aaron carter because he uh guest starred on an episode of lizzie mcguire and there was like a mistletoe and they like kissed and everything was
0: it a christmas ep
1: no it was a halloween episode you fucking idiot
0: (laughs) i don't know when you know you have your mistletoes it could be a spring mistletoe. Oh, no. I assume it was a Christmas episode. I'm just
2: going off of uh, YouTube reviews. So I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody's
1: going to understand why we're laughing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we can't just say that uh, yeah, gonna, we yeah. fucked up
0: the recording, and so we're redoing the story. Almost and verbatim,
1: we've... which I feel like is mad impressive of the three of us. I think
0: so, too. I mean, we're fucking nailing it, dude. Oh, wait. I <laughs> didn't say... God, I love Lizzie McGuire. What a great show. The fucking Paris movie was great. Beans. Goddamn Gordo.
2: Dude, that, I wanted to see that movie that the in theaters, guy? but uh, I didn't get the chance to because I was a child and I was like bad at
0: asking for things that I wanted. Oh, that's, oh, that's sad. sad. Yeah. And Beans is an even Stevens dog. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, <that's> I, annoying <laughs> not now Beans could have been played something and Lizzie McGuire, McGuire because the one
1: that had the intro of the animated version yes. of her okay yeah I had a crush on the, the animated, animated version, version of the her the animated
0: version was so cute oh my god that show was so great because that was truly kind of ahead of its time. Like that an inner monologue. That's like, ah, oh, so good. Uh, yeah, very
1: reminiscent of Scrubs. So or, fucking Scrubs good. is reminiscent of Lizzie. Which came first? I don't fucking know,
0: dog. But and they had
2: those uh, little video games that you could play on like Disneychannel.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. Yes. I played yes. so many flash games. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, God. I would always play those games and I would
0: listen to like early 2000s pop music. That sounds like honestly i could i'm sitting there with you like mm-hmm. in my brain i'm like yeah i know exactly what mm-hmm. that looks like
2: a lot of liz fair a lot of liz
0: fair yeah. yeah i don't know who that is but
1: it, Cyber a lesbian white a.
0: woman
2: I am extraordinary if you'd I ever know. get to know me something, something. i've never heard that song i still take the the trash out and i burn letters that i write to myself about you that's how the song oh, is. Oh, interesting.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she went to therapy one time and was like, here's the song.
2: Okay. It's not all about Hillary Duff. It mm. involves Paris Hilton at one point. Mm. What?
0: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a callback.
2: Mm. Callback, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Sure. I love that.
2: Hillary Duff meets Aaron Carter uh, because he guest stars on Lizzie McGuire. Uh, shortly thereafter, the two start dating. And then after a year and a half, uh, he starts cheating on her with Lindsay Lohan. Scandalous. And he's quoted saying, I was dating Hillary for like a year and a half, and then I just got a little bored. So I went and I started getting to know Lindsay. So then uh, he and Hillary broke up, and then he was just dating Lindsay uh, Lindsay Lohan, by the way. Sorry. Yes. I, for- I do not know. if I Is there idea. another
0: Lindsay? I don't.
2: I don't not know. in my life. Okay. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry to all of my friends named Lindsay. There's so many of them. I know. I know more than one. Um, but yeah, specifically Lindsay Lohan. Okay. Uh, so, and he was, uh, they broke up and he was just dating Lindsay Lohan.
0: What if it was just some regular girl named Lindsay? <laughs> some <big> name, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but, uh, so then, I don't know, I guess he and Lindsay at some point broke up and then he and Hillary, uh, got back together.
0: No, Hillary. No.
2: Yeah. She's made a lot of bad choices. I
0: just like, ugh, just the, the just the amount that mediocre white dudes get. Because like Mm -hmm. even in the scale of what what where their careers were at this time, everybody knew who Aaron Carter was, but we all kind of just thought he was you know living in his brother's shadow and Mm -hmm. a joke the entire time, and that he could play and be longed for by yeah Lindsay Lohan, and
2: and it's like you're you're already dating Hillary Duff. Yeah. Who's like so good looking, so so hot, and like such a nice person. Yeah,
0: what like what more do you want? Yeah, also, she's like a billionaire and mm. rich as fuck. Yeah. And like with Lindsay Lohan, like she's had money since she was like a child, yeah. so like since the parent trap, mm-hmm. like she could get anyone. Oh my god, yeah. yeah, why would Lindsay
2: and she's probably at this point, uh, because she's two years older, yeah, than, than Hillary Duff, so she's probably older than Aaron Carter. Yeah. So, like, what's she doing? What are you doing? What are
1: you
0: doing, Lindsay? He's not even that good looking. He's not. He's so mediocre. Yeah. Especially in
1: comparison to Nick. Like, come on.
0: I mean, I mean, a whisper of a shadow Mm. (laughs) of what his brother is. Like, dude.
2: All right. So Aaron Carter and Hilary Duff get back together. They date again for a while. And then he cheats on her again with someone else.
0: Who regular Lindsay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: probably just a regular Lindsay, not a famous
3: it
0: was Lindsay. Lindsay. Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has like the like his own personal like fame's gone to your head. You got to go back to your hometown, mm-hmm. and he meets regular Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he. That's
1: how he introduces him to his fa- her to his famous friends too. This is regular Lindsay. <laughs>
0: You have so much character growth there in Carter. <laughs> okay,
2: okay. All right. Um so they they break up again forever. They never get back together. Thank God. All right. And okay, so so you know those uh the shows where <laughs> Have comedians uh, like make fun of things like in pop culture. Yeah,
0: sure, like I love the '90s. Was yeah. it the Soup?
1: Yeah, po- possibly. Maybe Web Soup.
0: I don't like that you say I love the '90s because like they were particular to. Yeah, but it
1: was comedians <laughs> making fun of things just from a particular decade. It still fits the format. No, it doesn't. About. No, it literally doesn't. It, okay, it literally does.
2: But there. Okay, so anyway, there's these guys who are like talking about the. The Aaron Carter Hillary Lindsey situation, and they say uh, two women should never be fighting over Aaron Carter. Two men should be fighting over (laughs) Aaron Carter. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Um, Two two 40 year old men should be (laughs) on MySpace fighting over (laughs) Aaron Carter. Uh, Too true. uh, Too true. Since, uh, bitches be blaming each other rather than, uh, the person who'd <laughs> be cheating on them. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, uh, they start getting back at each other by, um, doing red carpet appearances at, e- at each other's movies.
0: That honestly, honestly, I was going to say, that's a great disc. If, if it's like, nah, I'm going to get back at my nemesis on the red carpet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. That's so good.
1: Uh, I wish we could return to a simpler time. It's like
0: it's like if we like hated someone in the comedy community and we just like put on shows yeah. like the, the, the we, no, we
1: just started coming to their shows. <laughs>
0: Doing comedy yeah. outside yeah. of yeah. the
1: lobby. <laughs> oh shit, that's what Happy Balls did.
2: So they, they, they get they start getting back at each other uh, with red carpet appearances. Also
0: awesome. And
2: so Hillary Duff Goes to the Freaky Friday pr- premiere.
0: Great movie, by the way, mm-hmm.
2: with Chad Michael
1: Murray. <gasps> Wait, who's Chad Michael Murray? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not doing. We are do not ends. doing this again. <laughs> no. but- Chad Michael Murray is hot. It really was hot. Oh my god. He's actually
1: still quite attractive.
0: Probably, oh my yeah, god. He probably always will be. He probably always will be. Money will do that. For like him. that. Like if the. <laughs> If Nazis propagated, Yo, they would be like, like know, this is the superior. This is our Ubermensch. The, right absolutely. Here. That is a gorgeous man. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> but the reason that they're together is because uh, currently uh, they are filming um, another Cinderella story where Chad Michael Murray is Hillary Duff's love interest in that movie.
0: That is a great movie. And can we just talk about how fucking wonderful that movie yeah, is? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pink Shoes, let's go.
0: The Pink Shoes are great, but also Jennifer Coolidge is in it, and she plays. she's just yeah. phenomenal. And there's like a masquerade. Ugh, what a good movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're and then,
1: thinking of, um, what's that Stanley Kubrick movie?
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say Phantom of the, eyes wide of the shut. Opera. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're like,
1: thinking of Eyes Wide Shut.
0: I'm not. But then there was also
2: another Cinderella story with uh, Jane Lynch, and she was also awesome
0: Mm -hmm. as the stepmother.
2: Yes. So now I think we're all
0: actually, yeah. Weirdly enough, like banger Cinderella movies like mm. banger live action Cinderella movies uh,
1: a princess the princess diaries is an adaptation of the Cinderella story and it's fucking amazing no the princess
0: diaries is an adaptation of the princess diaries which is a book series which is uh, an
1: no, adaptation it's not. of the Cinderella story no it the
0: is not the princess yes,
2: diaries yes. is an yeah, adaptation is. of Anne hathaway <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also, a fucking banker goddamn movie. Yeah. Oh, so good. What, Anne so Hathaway? good. Dude, when people cared about what they made for teenagers, what a time to be fucking alive, man. so great.
1: Black Swan was awesome.
0: They didn't make that for TV. They didn't? <make> that <laughs> they didn't?
2: <laughs> Is that with, um? what's her face? Um, Natalie Portman.
0: Natalie oh, that's Portman. Natalie Portman,
1: not Anne Hathaway. Yeah. They I, they are the same in my mind. Why?
0: Because they're wonderful for teenagers. Different they fucking are, reason. but they also but I will look say similar. Natalie Portman and Anne Hathaway are both aggressively uh, who played
1: Catwoman uh, uh, uh,
0: are, are both aggressively like into being an actress like yeah. they're both like so committed to roles and so serious as that they do, and they do such a good job, and you think they're having fun, but like if you look at any of like the behind the scenes stuff, like with Natalie Portman, like or the shit. They are so yeah. dead ass. <laughs> like they are, they are just fucking in there and committed. Like a bitch. Yeah, if you watch they're the, bitches. Like they're dicks. If you because watch the, they're so the into fucking it.
1: Beso- behind the scenes for like Star Wars. Les Miserables. Wars. I, I haven't even seen that, but like Star Wars. And she's like, yeah, you know, I just really submersed myself in the character. Bitch, this is the Phantom Menace. <laughs> like,
0: but but Natalie Portman. No. Yeah, Natalie Portman fucking acted her ass off she in that movie. Did, she but did. But it still. She made that movie. Jar Jar Binks better. is in that shit. Even though I think she she fucking saved it, and I honestly kind of like the fucking prequels. I'm sorry, I I, I do too. Come on,
1: I I like the I like part two and part three. I anyway, sorry, go ahead, Stacey.
0: To Star Wars, I'm sorry, like the original uh, boring. Have you guys seen
2: anywhere but here?
0: This one's very familiar. Which
2: that is, is it? the best Natalie Portman movie. Uh, oh she's like a teenager, and she lives with her single mother Susan Sarandon. Oh shit! <gasps> yes. I she, have. And, like and she basically moves them to Hollywood. And she's like, "You're gonna become an actress." Oh, I've seen this. Also, yeah. a national goddamn treasure. Yes. Susan Sarandon, mm-hmm. so hot. Mm. No, in Rocky Horror Picture Show, she was yes, mm. yeah. Hilary Duff went to the Freaky Friday premiere with Chad Michael Murray.
0: <laughs> we haven't even caught up to where we were before. There's so
2: <laughs> There's much more. I'm still at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Chad Michael Murray then went on Conan, and Conan said, goat. I'm 58 years old, and even I know you can't bring Hilary Duff to a
0: Lindsay Lohan premiere. <laughs> See, if like part of this is super unsettling because so many people were invested in these young adult teenage romances. Like, like you should not be a grown man talking about a teenage cheating scandal when you know, as a grown person, the fickle nature of teenage that is a
1: very fair relationships,
0: principle. and you're treating you're putting all of this emphasis on it, like this shit is gonna matter. Like I mean that's what happens when you're super famous and in the spotlight. I and get I get that. Doing. But it's so damaging because like as a teenager, you think all of this shit really, really matters. But all the adults in your life are like, you know They're making fun of you. They're like this doesn't and they tell you like this is just a moment. It won't matter. But then imagine that news media adults are like your relationship does matter and this shit Especially when heavy.
1: your entire livelihood is wrapped around the
0: media's portrayal of you. For That's sure. just gross. Gross.
2: Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Lindsay Lohan went to the premiere of *Chamber by the Dozen*, and Hillary's mom tried to get her uh, kicked out.
1: <gasps> what a bitch.
2: Yeah, but then uh, Lindsay tried Lohan. Sorry. Lindsay Lohan was like. Whatever, I was invited. I don't have to leave. And then, like the like producers or whatever who were there, they were like, "Yeah, she was invited. She doesn't have to leave."
1: So the producers definitely invited her just to stir her up.
0: Interesting. I mean, I guess so. Or maybe it's just Allegedly. like a, like a like a, sag after thing. Like you just get. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like sure. premiere tickets, Could be. as like a as an as someone else. that's I know.
1: kind of. Uh, I'm more inclined to believe the thing I said. No, now,
0: now she didn't have to go. She chose mm. to, to be a cunt. But.
2: But so then they were like, uh, you know, if you guys don't like it, you can leave. And so then Hillary Duff and her family left. The premiere of Cheaper by the Dozen,
0: her yeah. movie, and Steve Martin was probably like tisk tisk. He would just with now his banjo, just
2: hanging out with Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> is is what happened. Um, but uh, but Hillary said that they actually left because she
0: had an early flight. Mm. Interesting. So, but it's like, girl, because you can't be mad. You literally just did this. And she ain't bring Chad Michael Murray with her. Right. You did that. What's the point? So you can't be mad. Really? What's She should have brought Aaron Carter. Yeah, right. (laughs) But I think at this point, they were both like, ugh.
3: Aaron Carter (laughs) was like out of the
0: scene. They were
1: both like, "Uh, he's dating regular Lindsay now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, um, yeah, they were probably like, that was, like, I still don't like this bitch, but that, we both made a mistake, you know?
2: Uh, Lindsay Lohan uh, hosted Saturday Night Live,
0: mm-hmm. where she made fun of Hillary Duff. I don't remember. Like, I remember her hosting. I do remember her hosting. But I'm trying to think of where she... Are you going to tell us more about it?
2: Kind uh, of. Okay. So then uh, one of the <sighs> cast of SNL came on dressed as Hillary Duff, and she was like, our feud is so yesterday, so yesterday. <laughs>
1: was it bobby Moynihan? oh my god
2: it was a girl i don't know which character was Um. which which actor it was but um Hmm. but then hillary duff uh was like you know no like i'm not impressed with that i don't think (laughs) that it's an honor to be made fun of on saturday night live (sighs) It's, it's so drunk. starting to come to a close with uh, with Hil- Hillary and, and Lindsay and their feud, but Hillary uh, starts dating Joel Madden.
0: That name sounds familiar.
2: As in Joel and Benji Madden of Good
0: Charlotte. Oh. oh, yeah, I do remember this. Yes, yes, yes. Lifestyles of the rich and the famous. Nice. I hated Good Charlotte, and my best friends were so
1: into it. I was kind of into it. I
0: feel like. A simple Plan existed, mm, simple and
1: garbage. And, okay, that's what I'm
0: saying. But this is what I'm saying. Of like the uh, TV friendly alt pop scene, like Simple Plan was better than Good Charlotte.
2: That's really funny because I'm about to go there.
0: Oh, so
2: <laughs> uh, so Lindsay Lohan's little brother was a fan of Good Charlotte, and he asked uh, Joel Madden for an autograph. And then Hillary was like, no, 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 wait. That's Lindsay Lohan's little brother.
0: I mean, come on now.
1: That's shitty.
2: And then Joel Madden told Lindsay Lohan's mom that he's not going to give that kid an autograph. What, what the are fuck? are you
1: doing? What the what fuck, Joel? Doing? What are we doing? I've never met a First Joel of all, who wasn't an asshole.
0: <laughs> that anyone's asking for that <laughs> man's <laughs> autograph. I the one person who wants the autograph. <laughs> who the fuck else wants your goddamn <laughs> autograph? And to call his mom. That's so stupid. You could have just not done it. Mm. What did you need to follow up for to be an asshole? But anyway, he he says he's not
2: going to give him an autograph until Lindsay publicly apologizes to Hillary. And then uh, then
0: I hope he burned like that kid burned all the posters and was (laughs) like, Well, like, he he was like, whatever. Simple plan is better. <laughs> yeah, I want him to have like the best little montage moment of he's being, like, you know like, what?
1: Yellow card kicks ass.
0: <laughs> Switch foots where it's at. <laughs> and then he
2: just like starts chanting like, "Simple plan, simple plan." And I have, like there and I start chanting that. one.
0: Like... that's so I like funny? Now. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, it just turns him into like a like metal a metal kid, weird metal no. head. Starts listening to Gigi <laughs> Allen. It's like it gets odd. <laughs> it gets really bizarre. It starts as villain error.
2: So then uh, Lindsay Lohan gets a Bratz doll
0: made of her,
2: and then Hillary Duff gets a Barbie.
0: Oh wait, I thought I thought Hillary got the Bratz doll. Yeah, I knew that's what you thought, but yeah, that's not what I said. I say, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> so cool. sorry. That's cool. That's cool.
2: No, uh, Lindsay Lohan is a ginger, so I guess she fits, like, the different ethnicities. I
0: mean, I've always thought that Lindsay Lohan (laughs) is a super unique, like, super unique for a child star. Like, her look is just. Yeah, she didn't fit the mold. She didn't fit the mold. Iconic, honestly. 100%.
2: Would you guys say that Lindsay Lohan is more iconic than Hillary Duff? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, like, Absolutely. who's still uh, repeatedly making the news cycle and who isn't, you know? Yeah. well, Granted, I mean, that's mostly because of, like, uh, trauma related to being a child star. But, but, but I still. think,
0: I mean, I just think that as, a, as our generation, we kind of just had more exposure to Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, like, the parent trap, she was just so beloved. And then... You know, and then her, like her, teenage to adult career, I mean, it was like can't miss. Mm. You know what I mean? She just made hit after hit. I
1: have a thing for redheads to this day. I think. And Hillary Duff,
0: Hillary Duff never did anything like. There's just more range because Hillary Duff did what? One movie, two movies outside of. and her she's TV also show?
1: relatively well-adjusted, all things That's considered. True. So. That's yeah, I, true.
2: I feel like she kind of left the scene at a certain
0: point. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, she she did. The last thing
2: I saw her do was The Bachelor. No, she wasn't like a contestant. Oh, well, no. She was just like on The, mm-hmm. the Bachelor. Mm-hmm. She was like, we're going to have you guys do
0: this thing. I don't know. I don't know I, I, know. I also think that there's something like.
1: I bet she delivered it in such a girl next door. Type I was gonna of way say
0: too. that that's that's probably why Lindsay Lohan is more iconic because Lindsay Lohan served. You know what yeah. I mean? Hillary Duff was always like wholesome girl next door, never rebel, never really rebellious yeah, or but anything. Lindsay but Lohan Lindsay's Lohan whole, will take a
1: shit on the sidewalk for the fucking paparazzi. Her know? whole look is just like yeah, she, she just re- she I No, I, I that was hyperbole, but. She, yeah,
0: she just looks so counter culture yeah, and like, sure. just like a bad bitch mm-hmm. all the time. Two sides of the same coin, really. hmm.
2: Speaking of being a bad bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Hillary Duff's mom uh, was like, really like micromanaging everything, like just being like too much involved. Mm hmm. And so she was, like, demanding too much. Like, I guess they wanted, like, a, a sequel to, like, the Hillary... Or to the Lizzie McGuire movie, but they canceled it because uh, Hillary Duff's mom was, like, demanding too much for it. And she so up like, the bag. Yeah, and they were like, well, never mind. We're, we're just not going to do it then. Mm. And the same thing happened when Hillary Duff was up for uh, the lead role in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Mm. And because of her mom, Hmm. they were like, no, never mind. We don't want to deal with you. And they ended up giving it to To Lindsay Lindsay Lohan.
0: Lohan. (laughs) Also, great movie. Yeah.
1: I don't think I've seen that Which I
2: have on DVD. We should watch it. That's good. We can watch it sometime.
1: We could do a review as bonus content.
2: That'd be awesome. I actually, I think I've only seen it like once or twice, but yeah.
0: And, uh, man, and Lindsay Lohan just does such a good job of embodying the character she plays because yeah mm. the confessions of a teenage drama queen like she fucking she's a really good actor. she does she did such a good job it's such a good movie okay i'm honestly surprised that you've seen it <laughs> why
2: i don't i don't know it just doesn't seem like i don't know i'm just so gay like obviously i would watch that movie but like yeah but i really?
0: i was just into like a particular era of teen movies so like
1: you'll kind of hate watch anything at the very least
0: there's some shit i won't watch like i don't like i don't like like movies for emotion like i just don't like movies Uh, that are made for uh, the purpose of being sappy uh, uh, i
1: I got this really cute dog and i got really close with this really cute dog and now i gotta shoot this dog in the head never
0: not since sounder (laughs) (laughs) well yeah hell no i will not i will not i don't like sap movies I don't like love stories, like explicit love stories. Notebook. Will not watch it. It's Absolutely good. not. I cry. It could be good. It's just not what. Like my life is just life is sad, and like I've never needed to watch a movie sure. to have a reason to cry. <laughs> so anyway,
2: all right. So I guess I think it's fair to say uh, Lindsay Lohan won that.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Enter uh, Avril Lavigne.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> A new challenger <laughs> appears. This A just, fight! There was an episode of Celebrity Deathmatch that yes. was Lindsay Lohan I, versus Hillary. Yeah,
0: there was. Hmm. Interesting.
1: So. We'll link to that episode of Celebrity Deathmatch in the description. Shut up, Jesse.
0: You're so annoying.
2: <laughs> all right. So I guess uh, at some point, Avril Lavigne said um, that like her fans are super lame because they all want to dress like her. Which <laughs> that's such a <laughs> that's so vouch, rich. I can vouch for this did happen. I remember this happening. You
0: said Avril Lavigne mm-hmm. said her fans are lame. Yeah, because they want to dress like her. Yeah, when Avril Lavigne was dressing like the idea of a punk person. Yes. Shut up, Avril.
2: Yeah, she was like, you guys are all so lame. You need to get a life.
0: You
1: want to talk about industry plans.
0: That's an industry plan. Absolutely.
2: But I, I can vouch for this. This did happen. I remember this happening to me as a I PT, didn't think you were lying.
1: Dressing I mean, like Avril Lavigne. So many bitches started wearing neckties specifically because.
2: Same. And I still do it to this day. Fuck Avril. Not fuck Avril Lavigne, but like, I <laughs> did not heed her <laughs> advice.
0: Right. I still do it. Well, because it's like the thing that she brought to young girls was like the rebellious punk aesthetic, and
1: and nothing else.
0: And it was like something that I think we needed because we didn't have like a a Madonna, like we didn't have that. Uh, Paramore
1: wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. So like she she did need to exist. What about No Doubt? Yeah, we had No Doubt. We we did have no what doubt.
1: About, um, the breeders? but but I would say like what about
0: that not mainstream, like oh, I okay. Saying, but like no doubt on MTV. No doubt was but right. that's not what Gwen Stefani's style was. She dressed more like a regular skater kid. It was just very plain tank top, plain and she like, like, like like a, a real no, like chick. a like a skull you know skull cap. Like that's that was her her thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Her style was honestly more aligned with like. TLC, uh, you know, what, you're and, not like, wrong. like, yeah, like tank top, baggy pants, yeah, a hat, like, I, yeah, yeah,
1: it, I, she would not seem out of place in the, uh, in a TLC video,
0: right? Yeah. So, but like, yeah, what, what Avril was doing was, was different than that, anyway. So, yeah, Avril Levine said this shit, and then
2: Hillary Duff said you know hey that was really mean you need to respect your fans uh you know you should be honored that they want to emulate you you should take it as a
0: compliment also they don't
1: buy their own clothes
0: but uh, i did and avril i kind of i changed my opinion i i understand why avril did it because she was going for a punk aesthetic so she she was was just trying to be her fans she was trying to be punk like me like ugh you're all posers, you know? Yeah. yeah, she's
2: like, I'm the only poser. You guys can't be posers <laughs> Because yeah. I'm not like a poser.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> They'll find out. The breeders are watching. <laughs> They'll find out.
1: <laughs> Jello, o be off or better not see this.
2: Okay. So then Avril Lavigne was like, Hillary Duff, you better mind your fucking business. I'm going to come for you. Oh, damn. Yeah, and she was like... All the way from Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you should have known
0: better than a fuck with someone like me. <laughs> you know what? But I bet... I mean, who would win in a fight? I think... I think... I think Hillary Duff Hillary would Duff, 100%. destroy Avril She's probably Levine. got a
1: good 15 pounds on Avril Lavigne. There's no fucking way. No shot. Yeah. Avril Levine's going down in the first round. Easy. So anyway... <laughs>
2: Avril Levine basically won that fight because she was like, you know, I want Hillary Duff to get slimed.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a time. <laughs> what what a time to be alive. Oh, my God. So this story is great. Oh, fuck. Okay. I don't even know what's going on right now. Who are we talking about?
2: We were talking about Avril Levine okay, and that's right, Duff.
0: That's so funny. I want her to be slow.
2: <laughs> and I don't. I don't know if if Hillary Depp ever got slimed. I feel like if she did, that
0: probably would have been featured in the. In, if
1: if she didn't, that's show. fucking cruel.
0: What an interesting line Avril Lavigne had to ride because she is marketed towards teenagers. Yeah. So she can't actually be punk as fuck. Right. So it's like. <laughs> her thread is. <laughs> Nickelodeon will deal with you.
1: <laughs> but again, she can't, like Gigi Allen, she can't shit on the stage, you know? Do
0: I mean, musically, imagine? she does. She
1: does, 100%. Directly into the of But then the ears she got singing
2: fans. lessons, and now she does really good. <clears throat> Just so everyone knows, out of anyone that I'm reporting on, right now, Avril Lavigne is my number one. I've loved her since I was 11 years old, and that'll never change. Because Chase is a poser. Mm. Because I'm a
1: poser. You're not really punk rock. I bet you buy your sweatpants from Hot Topic.
0: Sweatpants? I bet Stacy's never bands. even been oh, in a Hot topic. topic.
1: Yeah,
0: I've been in a Hot Topic. Have
1: you ever owned a pair of trip pants?
0: No. My sister has. Yeah, I was going to say no, hey, that
1: can't no, be. No, you're not punk rock. I to,
2: I, I, like from a utilitarian
0: standpoint, I don't know. I don't, See, but you know. the thing Have is you like you're. Have you ever worn
1: stompy boots?
0: You're no. you're the, the reason that you liked, like, like I, like I was saying. Uh, Avril Lavigne made like counterculture acceptable. Yeah, it's, to it's rebellion young, for white, bread. white girls. But mm. but in doing that, what she accidentally did was make a whole bunch of lesbians realize they could wear ties. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's the thing that Stacy yeah. took from it. Yeah,
1: the ties and fishnets
0: look sick. Well, don't but fishnets, not the fishnets. But... And what I am saying is that. Avril Lavigne created studs, like created. You know,
1: Avril Lavigne was a, 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 a an industry plant. The by big
0: masculine-presenting lesbian mm-hmm. white girls were like, <sighs> "I can wear ties." <laughs> I, As a thirteen-year-old
1: boy, mm-hmm. I did think Avril Lavigne was hella hot. I'm not gonna lie,
0: mm-hmm. I didn't like so that. I didn't like her hair always bothered me. But you love
2: brunettes. You
1: know what?
0: Brunettes. When I was a kid, I love I brunettes, had but it was so
1: hair.
0: too straight,
2: flat. Yeah, it was so flat. That was the hair I had. I've seen pictures from like as a child. Oh my like god, did you have I was long maybe hair? Maybe like twelve years old. Yeah, I yeah. had very long. Uh, you know.
1: I cannot wrap my head Sandy around Bond,
2: that. It is Avril Lavigne hair. It is
0: interesting to look at young pictures of Stacy because. <laughs> it's it's like uh, it's kind of reminiscent of like when we got Poppy and it was like I can see that cute little dog under there but there's like a whole bunch of Does it fur just look that's like hiding with it the and on? It, it really is just like you see Stacy as Stacy is now but it's just like hiding underneath all of this girl Whoa. stuff and it's weird and yeah it's, it's yeah it's weird you
1: blossomed into a beautiful
0: young boy <laughs> I really did uh huh
2: yeah, I cut, my, I cut my hair about shoulder length when I was, like, 12 or 13. And then ever since then, it's just been shorter and shorter. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You need a haircut right now. I do. You are it's looking starting a little to get,
2: shaggy. It's starting to get a little mullety in a, in a way that's, that's starting good. to look you
0: a little Amish. You look like Paul like McCartney when boy. the Beatles were
1: at their worst.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've never seen it before, but goddamn... Accurate, we're gonna put a side by side in the description, <laughs> okay? Okay, okay, let's go.
2: All right, so we're veering away a little bit. Um, so now we're talking about Paris Hilton versus
0: Haley Duff. Jesus I forgot Christ. Haley Duff existed. See, that's what she gets for dating Aaron Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Her own little sibling trying to live as a ghost of a shadow of the older one. Okay. Um, Alright. Are we waiting? <clears throat> Keep going.
2: Alright. So um, Paris and Haley, uh, they were each making um, their debut records at the same time as each other. And little did they know, they were using the same song that like, <gasps> someone else had written that they both like, bought to put on their record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so Paris's version of that song ended up getting leaked early. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, basically destroying uh, Haley's entire, um, you know, pop singer career.
0: Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have something. I have something I want to share. Go for it. So this is... Happened uh-huh. with um, Jennifer Lopez okay. and uh, and Ashanti, right? Okay. Ashanti t- sings Jennifer Lopez's songs. Jennifer Lopez cannot sing, so so what? Jennifer Lopez had the look and like the star power. She cannot sing. The ass. so when you listen to Jennifer Lopez's music, it's someone else. Like like if you go back and listen. And now that Ashanti became like popular, you're like, oh, my God, that was Ashanti singing, right? OK,
1: OK, that's a name I have. So heard in years. so
0: so Ashanti uh, basically eventually was like this lady is like kind of getting famous off of I'm just going to start my own music career but she had wrote, written a bunch of songs and they worked under the same label so the label gave one of Ashanti's songs that she was going to release in her premiere, like her debut album mm-hmm. to Jennifer Lopez to record and to stop uh Jennifer Lopez from stealing her song she leaked the recording of that single out so then you no know, so Jennifer Lopez couldn't have it the, anyway
1: the music industry is so Go ahead.
0: I say that to say I don't think it, it was an accident. You
1: know what I mean? 100%. What
2: Like, what do you mean?
0: I don't think it was an accident.
1: That that song got that leaked.
0: That the song got leaked.
2: You think that they wanted to boost Paris Hilton rather than?
0: To just give Paris ownership of the song. Because nobody was going to listen to it. Just like that's what Ashanti did. Nobody's going to listen to Jennifer Lopez because I, a person who can actually see, came, you know, mm. made, made the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just want to say, I think it's bullshit. If you are Haley Duff and you want a pop career, <laughs> all, all I'm saying is the only reason you are famous mm-hmm. is because your little sister is a big, huge superstar. Mm-hmm. Your big sister, yeah. Hillary Duff is two
1: years younger than Haley Duff.
0: No shit. I did it. Know that mm-hmm.
1: I feel like she was pitched as
0: I Hillary
1: Duff's younger sister, I think, right? I
0: think maybe we just
1: assumed <laughs> and, that,
0: yeah, because that was the that's what happened because you knew historically. You knew, well,
1: that's what happened that with Duff Aaron
0: existed, and then Haley Duff came on exactly. Them. And we had seen N- Nick and Aaron, and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah,
2: no, a Haley, little bow wow oh, at Snoop Dogg. Haley was two years older than Hilary Duff. Just and I, the all I'm saying, wow. Haley Duff, if you want to be a, you know, a big pop singer, why don't you just write your own music? Why don't mm-hmm. you actually have something to bring to the table? How you many pop I
1: mean? stars write their own right. music, though?
2: Hey, all, all I'm saying is Paris Hilton was already famous. You know, why are you going to fuck with here's, like here's my
0: thing. that What I find a little interesting is like... It, <laughs> Did you really think you were going to get famous? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> like did you really think because you were there when your sister got famous and well, they clearly picked the they one they wanted
1: because like the record execs were like, "Yeah, you're going to be a fucking star." And like they knew they were maybe they were going to sell one album off that yeah. last name and... But
0: but I'm saying like rationally, girl. He's a child. Girl.
1: Still a child.
0: Still. Yeah, like, to piggyback off your little sisters, like, like fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and to not have shit to offer,
1: like... No, these are a fair criticism.
2: So then, uh, yeah, Haley was all pissed off because Paris' uh, version of the same song came out before hers, therefore basically destroying any chance of her being a famous pop singer, which, as I said, you know, if she really wanted to do that, she should have probably just written her own... Music, yeah, had, like actually been talented and actually like put a record out. Did
0: know? did Haley um, break one of Paris's laptops?
2: That's a good question. I don't. No, I don't even know if they'd ever even like met at this point. Okay, so now now Haley and Paris got this feud going on because Paris basically uh, stole her song, which wasn't uh-huh. either of their songs to uh-huh. begin with. So like, who gives a fuck? Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, The Simple Life was also happening Mm, mm -hmm. around the same time. And so, uh, Hillary and Haley made (gasps) a movie Uh called Material Girls. Uh Uh-huh. Which is basically the same exact premise uh-huh. of *The Simple Life*. Where, it is where two rich girls uh, who don't know how to do anything end up having no money and they have to figure shit out.
0: You're blowing my fucking mind. That's right now.
2: not that movie is
0: also it's not really bad. I, like, I kind of like that movie. It's it's I haven't it's seen fine. it. But it looks good. It, it, it's I like it. I like it. <laughs> that's we should, so we should that's watch so that crazy. Too. I didn't even think about because I like I thought it was like a. Kind of a spoof off of it, just because the concept of a simple life was so popular. I didn't know about like it the was like drama. A too. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Okay. Fascinating. I mean, it, it,
2: they had to do something to, to redeem her, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I just want to mention the only other thing that I think Hayley Duff um, ever did that was good was she played the um, the popular girl in Napoleon Dynamite. She
1: she
0: she did. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Interesting.
2: Yeah. Um. There were some emails between Haley and
0: Kim Kardashian.
1: I thought you were going to say Jesus, Hillary dude. All right, uh, Hillary Clinton.
0: This is like a who's who of
1: <laughs> of, of mediocre of, early two thousands <laughs> talent.
0: Of you know building a name off of someone. Oh <laughs> my right, right, right. god.
2: So yeah, Kim Kardashian had been like you know hanging out with Paris Hilton a whole lot. They were good friends, and oh, she all... was teaching her the model. Yeah, yeah, and they and they were all hating on on Haley Duff because Haley Duff was all PO'd that Paris Hilton stole her pop career, mm-hmm. and so Haley wrote to Kim and basically just said like, hey, like I'm sick of all the drama. I want to move past this. Can we be friends? And uh, Kim was like, yeah, totally. Uh, Don't listen to Paris. She's a stupid lesbian.
0: (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Honestly, honestly, (laughs) I love this. Like, and also, can you imagine having Kim Kardashian and Paris? Those that to me would be like my nightmare mean girl situation. Can you imagine those two?
1: I'd rather kiss myself.
0: Dude. <laughs> okay,
2: so then Haley was like, oh my god, yes, totally. <laughs> like, let's hang out. And Kim was like, oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I forgot I don't hang out with horses. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: god. Oh my god. And oh my then, god.
2: And then uh, she called her a slut and she was
0: like, also, I'm busy. <laughs>
1: That just sounds like a text chain between me and Lynette,
0: though. It's, um, it's the also I'm busy yeah. for me. Like one, you're a horse. Two, you're a slut. Also, also I'm not I free got that. Shit day. To do that day. <laughs> just check my calendar. Turns out you're a horse. Like, that's so good. Uh so funny. Oh, and it's like so classic mean girl. Reel them in, casually make fun of your your, the the mutual in the situation mm-hmm. and they'd be like ha got you bitch you horse ass <laughs> horse look oh, that's,
2: so great. <laughs> that's so great i think that the winner of this entire story is Kardashian. Sure. for sure
0: yeah oh yeah. my god that is so funny <laughs> oh i forgot I don't hang out with horses anymore after the accident. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you talking about? Oh god, damn. Okay. All right. So
2: in conclusion, where we're at now, um, Hillary Duff is now married to I don't know whoever and has kids, and uh, Joel Madden is also married with kids. To Nicole Ricci, mm-hmm. your co-star with Paris Hilton mm. on A Simple Life.
0: <laughs> City Girls Up a Thousand. I forgot about this The This was the a life. messy tale, and I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Simple what *A Simple Life was story. a whole
1: thing. I forgot about that. Gary a, Coleman was on there. Yeah. And they wanted him to say the line, and he got real mad.
0: Um. Yeah, what a good what a time to be alive. Mm. <laughs> what right? a time to be alive.
2: You know what's crazy, though, is I was alive, and I missed all of that.
0: Mm. I just learned about it in the last week. That's that's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had that other problems. Truly the it. golden age of television. And they
0: probably didn't get a simple life in Iowa because it was, like, so offensive to the <laughs> <laughs> No, I definitely knew to the people it was a thing, there. but I've
2: never seen it. <laughs> I, need to, I need to find it and watch it. I bet it's awesome. That was good.
1: So my story is about a man named Albert Hoffman and his bicycle. So Albert Hoffman was born in Switzerland, uh, and he began working for a large pharmaceutical company in the mid-1930s. He was hired to perform tests on uh, this fungus called ergot, which is a fungus that grows specifically on like wheat and rye, like bread, shit like that, and it causes hallucinations. There's actually a theory that ergot is what caused the Salem witch trials. Um he was doing tests on ergot to try and develop new ana anapolep- analeptics, analeptics. There we go. Which uh is just a uh, drug that stimulates like uh respiration and blood production.
0: Can you you brought up that that it could have caused the Salem witch trials. Yeah, sure. I find it super interesting like when we talk about horrors in history, we never bring up, you know, people were like lead paint was a thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like sure. some shit that truly just fucks like, with your psyche. But
1: it's just a lack of scientific knowledge.
0: Can absolutely contribute yeah. to well, like a gas leak.
1: You know, like all of a sudden your house is haunted. Right. You know, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. So he was uh, testing arrogant. Uh, to develop new analeptics, uh, which, again, d- uh, stimulates respiration and blood production. Because there were a lot of motherfuckers ble- bleeding out in Europe in the uh, late 1930s, early 1940s, for some reason. Mm-hmm. I did not see why in my research. It was a joke. It's because of World War II. Uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, because stabbings.
1: Yeah, no. Not at all. It was because of Nazis. Uh, yeah, I see. Um, while during uh, doing research, uh, this was in, on November 16th of 1938, Albert Hoffman burst synthesized a compound known as lysergic acid diethylamide-25, or LSD.
0: Did you practice that in the mirror before? You... I
1: did not. I just know it off the top of my head. Oh, because you're such a gen. Yeah, because I'm a fucking degen. <laughs> LSD was not uh, found to be useful, uh, though, in his research. So it was set aside. Um, they also noticed that it made rats. The, the rats they tested incredibly uneasy. So they were just like, yo, this is trash. Let's throw it out. But as World War II was winding down a whole five years fucking later, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy how long that shit went on. Mm-hmm. Um He uh, he started thinking more and more about LSD-25, and he decided to revisit it again exactly five years to the day. And he, he, he resynthesized it, but while in the process of resynthesizing it, for some reason did not put on rubber gloves, and he absorbed some of it through his skin. And it made him feel weird, uh, but not so weird he couldn't carry on
3: mm-hmm. with his
1: duties, right? And he just kind of wrote it off. But three days later, Hoffman is back in the lab and decides to just ingest <laughs> 0.25 milligrams or 250 micrograms of LSD. I don't now, understand
0: measurements. For reference, okay,
1: a standard dose of LSD is 50 micrograms, give or take, Mm -hmm. so that he took roughly five times, he took roughly five hits of acid, Mm -hmm. Uh, not knowing what the shit... Yeah. So, God, (laughs) he is in for a fucking ride. Yeah. Soon after... Dude, he
0: he touched the Lord.
1: Oh, you, uh, just wait. Soon after, Hoffman began to feel incredibly uneasy and started to detect weird changes... In his perception, right? Walls were breathing, shit like that. So he asked his lab assistant to uh, escort him home.
0: Oh. I thought you were going to say, he asked his lab assistant, hey, could you All right. All right. take a hit of this? So <laughs> Try this out for me. <laughs> this is making feel weird.
1: <laughs> so they ride home uh, on a bicycle. And as. Hoffman was riding home. It his, was
0: two different bicycles. So he was just like, yo, tandem
1: bicycle. Yeah. Just, just ride with check, me. I'm gonna yeah, go home.
0: Yeah. Sure I got I'm okay. too high. At work. I see.
1: You know, we've all been, there.
0: <laughs> we've all been there. Uh,
1: so, but on Hoffman's ride home, his, uh, condition declined very quickly and he was gripped by paranoia. Um, and Hoffman on that bicycle strip started a much longer journey which is the first ever bad acid trip. Um, And, you know,
0: it's like, because to have, because, you know, whenever you're a person on drugs, like psychedelics in mm. particular, or just like really strong edibles, the thing that you can do to bring yourself down from a bad trip is to remember that you're on drugs. Be like, Oh yeah, I'm on drugs. Oh yeah, I'm on drugs. But Hoffman but he doesn't has no, no idea, idea he's on drugs. He's on drugs. He has no idea what's
1: going on. Right. So now.
0: I bet he's like, yeah, yeah. Good no, grief.
1: He is. Um, so when, but the, when, by the time they got back to Hoffman's house, he's in full blown existential crisis mm-hmm. uh, to the point where he is convinced his next door neighbor is a witch, and he is convinced mm. that she has put a curse on him, and he has poisoned himself. With the LSD. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, fearing permanent psychosis, the assistant decided to call a doctor. Great call, I think, on the assistant's Mm -hmm. part. When the doctor gets there, the doctor cannot find a single thing wrong with him. Aside from the fact that his pupils are fucking (laughs) huge. (laughs) Um, And he's like, yeah, I think you're going to be fine, dog. And so Hoffman calms down. Oh, shit. I fucked up. So when when I have to read a quote real quick, okay. When Hoffman first took the LSD, mm-hmm. um, this is when he was resynthesizing it. He absorbed it through his skin. Um, this was a, a very small dose, right? He mm-hmm. he he wrote, "quote I was affected by a remarkable restlessness combined with a slight dizziness. At home, I laid down." and sank into an unpleasant, intoxicated-like condition, condition, characterized by an extremely stimulated imagination. In a dreamlike state, with eyes closed, because I found the daylight to be unpleasantly glaring, I perceived an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures, extraordinary shapes with intense kaleidoscopic play of colors. After about two hours, this condition faded. So this was before he even dosed himself with that insane...
0: Amount. Amount. Right? But and and also because I okay so like you know Hoffman is a scientist and generally most scientists are very uh, they have a particular personality type mm-hmm. trying to make meaning and understand what's going what's yeah, going. They on. just want to know. So I what I I say I say like he's probably just a not chill guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So. Like I, I imagine my son like oh, if my God. son ever did, <laughs> did you know psychedelics, he'd probably really dis he would feel uncomfortable and really dislike it because he things need to make sense to him. And I think psychedelic he would have experiences have a very similar reaction. Yeah, psychedelic experiences, if you can't find the cause you know and effect like through line yeah it would probably be like
1: we'll get there we will 100% get there Um, so uh, he, he was afraid he poisoned himself fearing permanent psychosis blah 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 Um, so when the doctor said yo you're fine Hoffman calmed the fuck down because
0: right. that's what he need. That's what I'm saying. Yes. That personality He just needed type. to hear he was okay. He needed to, he needed that reassurance. Yeah.
1: Um, and then after he calmed down, I need your phone. I, se- I sent you the second quote. Because I, knew my, <laughs> I, because I knew my phone was about to die, so I sent you the second quote.
2: Okay.
0: You know my password. I know your password,
1: but.
2: That's weird that he knows your password.
1: I'll tell you later. <laughs> We're best
2: friends. I'm I can't just... get the password Okay. To pull
1: up, because it's an iPhone. You and I'm poor. I don't know how to work iPhones. It's
0: okay. your the touch do, the touch doesn't work on no, there because yeah, it's it, like it, This is a poor This is a poor right hand. <laughs> I can I
2: can identify. I don't know how to work anything other than iPhones.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the exact opposite of my problem. Exactly. Uh, So after the doctor told him he was fine, right, he started to calm down and he was just overcome by this wave of like joy and like peace. And later he wrote about it and said, quote, little by little, I could begin to enjoy the unprecedented colors and plays of shapes that persisted behind my closed eyes. Kaleidoscopic, fantastic images surged in on me, alternating, variegated opening and then closing themselves in circles and spirals, exploding in colored fountains, rearranging and hybridizing themselves in constant flux. Um,
2: Cool. Cool, cool, cool.
1: And that's the story of Hoffman's first trip. After that, he came down and he was fine. Um, And now every day or every year... The anniversary of Hoffman's trip is celebrated as Bicycle Day, uh, by 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 hippies and DGens alike. What and I, I think have that's never really fucking beautiful.
0: Heard, yeah,
1: and that again. That this. day is uh, April nineteenth, the day before you know the Weed Day, uh, which I Perfect. think is kind of neat.
0: That's so interesting to me. Uh, what I think is Be- because I've known a lot of hippies, and all they do is talk about their hippie nonsense, <laughs> but and they've and never I've mentioned never Bicycle heard Day. <laughs> you know but I do tune them out a lot yeah yeah for sure
1: Um, I think it's really interesting because Hoffman decided to revisit that chemical because he just had an inkling that there was something special Mm -hmm. about it and that he was on the verge of something right and now only now do we like he was 100% right but we only just now are realizing that because of the way the LSD was tied to like the counterculture in America in the 1960s and um, because of that, the way that the government, their reaction to it, you know, it was uh, labeled as a Schedule One substance. Like there was, no and even research. before that,
0: we were trying to use it to do stupid, to do, freaky, beaky yeah, like, things. Doing something,
1: yeah. The CIA, was like, trying I don't to
0: know, can we use this for the military? For like fucking espionage? Is it or a truth serum? But like,
1: like really, he made massive, massive breakthroughs mm-hmm. in the field of psychology, and we're only just now beginning to scratch the surface. Of what he accomplished,
0: and it's it is kind of a shame because we do now we do know the powers of like psychedelics in treating addiction and mental um, just mental, and, illness, and mental illness, but but it, it sucks too because like we took so long to actually delve into that that people have like your layperson, you're not scientist, has been trying to. Figure it out. So then we have people who get eaten up, you know, mm. by psychedelics. Mm-hmm. You know, Just fly fried. too close Absolutely to the, yeah. Yeah, like close to the yeah. sun. 100. You have people who um, don't understand their mental illnesses already and right. then add psychedelics on top of that and have really bad psychotic breaks. Yeah, I mean, if and you have like, something
1: like schizophrenia, LSD is not going to help you. But if you have something like borderline personality disorder, yeah, maybe, again— but, Maybe but we're not the, health. That's professionals, the thing. What, I,
0: what I'm saying is that it took us so long to unpack it. Like it's had such a good impact on people, but it's all a trial and error. Yeah. In a there's no science there. In a you know. Well,
1: there's gentleman science in but, the street, where yeah.
0: whereas it could be so helpful to 100%. so many people. And I
1: we, like I have the most profoundly impactful. I I I, I I'm regret. I, I don't want to use the word religious experience, but it's the closest.
0: No, I get, I get
1: word that. that I have Spiritual, for it. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it has been on LSD. Uh, mm-hmm. I I sincerely believe that I would not have gotten off of heroin if mm. it weren't for acid, mm-hmm. uh, because I I took I took a lot, and I just saw where I was fucking up and where my fuck ups were like affecting me in Mm -hmm. my day-to-day life, and I made some fucking changes,
0: you know? And and probably also connected it to... Trauma? Because, well, there's also, like, this thing with psychedelics where you do feel how your actions actually affect other people. Well, yeah, You feel a connectiveness uh, to... And so it's like you take... Because it diminishes your
1: ego. You're allowed to see... Right, and, and, like, addiction
0: makes you selfish 100%. because addiction is like is a selfish thing. And so, like, if you take something that lets you understand the connective, like just break that
1: that cycle cycle
0: in your brain that yeah. like that can be extremely helpful.
1: One hundred percent.
0: But I also would like to say, along with the dude and LSD, you know, there's there's uh, so many, you know, um, other cultures like not american cultures native americans um muslim you know culture like all of these other cultures that have done psychedelics for forever mm-hmm. and understood the benefit of it but we just bullheadedly don't yeah, give a fuck
1: and those cultures and devalue cultures were using uh variations of lsd yeah right they were just extracting them uh, kind of in a more holistic not in a lab setting right right, right. um and Hoffman was the first person to do so and document it mm-hmm. in a lab setting. And you're right. I, I I think there is something of note there that we uh, that's we didn't take it seriously well, until a white person did. We it.
0: Have, well, not and not even that. It's just like the amount of value our like a, a colonial society uh, had just. Threw away because it they they thought everyone was lesser than them. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's taken us so long to make so many, so much progress because we because like ah, yeah, we sure. just throw away other people's like we conquer throw away their culture, right. pretend that it's less than, and so it's like so much insight and mm-hmm. so like. Yeah, and so much shit these you can learn.
1: Rich white kids traveling to the global south to take ayahuasca. Yep. exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So is that it?
1: That's it. That was my story. That's
0: a very. That's a very good story. I really didn't know about Bicycle Day, and honestly, it's so wholesome. And I bet there's like a lot of cute, like old timey fan art. <laughs> like uh, probably like...
1: just Hoffman tripping bulls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I cannot imagine trying to ride a bike on one. When of the acid. when
0: the world is opening up for you, mm. the first for the first real time, he talks in your life. about
1: like he experienced ego death. I did not dip into that, but he exp like he talks about how his ego melted away and he saw his own body lying mm-hmm. on the ground while he was suspended from space, and he just felt connected to everyone and mm-hmm. everything, but it was terrifying. <laughs>
0: It yeah, was horrible. I and I could get. I I can understand. Like I said, like I can imagine if my son did too much. And empathy. you don't. And he didn't even know. He had no idea. That that's he what could was not, happening.
1: He could not prepare himself. He Absolutely had no context not. for what he was about to experience.
0: Yeah, he he walked. So a lot of hippies could
1: <laughs> he run. He also uh, continued to. Uh, he he would talk about it a lot. He he said that. He does not feel that he discovered LSD. LSD called out to him, and there's so much fucking kismet in the story. Actually, you know, that's so funny. There's so much serendipity. Like he really
0: there. did. He was like the first hippie. He like, was. They all say the same shit. Well, he. <laughs> but it but is. That's the thing. Is, I think there's some merit there. It's though. a. It's a trope because that is what the experience yes. makes you feel like. Yeah. But when you say it out loud, it is uh, stupid and cliche. He, he was very.
1: Um, <laughs> Very, very sympathetic to like the U. Uh, to the counterculture in the U.S. in the 1960s because mm-hmm. everything had become so had, commercialized, and so uh, um, consumeristic, and everybody had had become so detached from like the planet and nature. Right, mm-hmm. but like LSD, when you take it, he said uh, like it 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 returns your connection to the spirit, and that's how he described it. And like this man's a fucking scientist.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, it it does it does
1: kind of so and I'm like I'm not a I'm not like a a fucking uh, crunchy dude you know I am I believe in science but like I feel like there's something
0: yeah you know but I sometimes I, I fear I don't fear I know for a fact that hippie hippie psychedelic culture it does make you feel connected but I feel like there's like a subset of hippies they're too connected where no it it actually makes them feel too profound
1: oh for sure and then they start getting
0: like a weird god complex and like that's how that's like all the like whole not all the holistic healers but a lot of them for sure become very culty and be like i you know i've I am the universe, yeah. but like, in know, like I am the universe way yeah, and not, not like a cool we way. are the yeah. universe way. Uh, well, you know? what's
1: the point in doing massive amounts of psychedelics if you don't also spend time in reality?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: mm-hmm. like, cause it's supposed to connect, it's supposed to ground you when you come back down. You right. Know? Um, So what's the
0: point? But I, I think that there's something to be said about the inherent urge of Caucasians to manifest their destiny (laughs) everywhere, you know? And, and the, and then they just use that as a tool to re uh, reaffirm to them, their specialness. And then, and it's, it is a bad vibe.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: And I, I think that that sucks because that's not what it should be.
1: I mean, I don't like taking acid with other people for that exact reason. Because mm-hmm. usually the people I buy acid from are not the kind of people that I want to do acid <laughs> with.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sucks the people that have access to the yeah. acid. Uh,
1: generally, I do acid like once a year, usually on or around my birthday. Is I feel like it's a nice mm-hmm. time of year to like wipe the slate Isn't clean. Isn't that old
0: age though? Like, mm, it's my birthday.
1: No, not even. I just, let's get, let's get uh, weird. I don't I believe in, like, New Year's resolutions, so I do birthday resolutions instead. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I read somewhere that uh, that they're more likely to stick. Um, and, like, acid is just part of that. It's just part of uh, tabula rasa. Mm-hmm. You know, it just wipes mm-hmm. the slate clean, and I'm good to go for the year. And for a few months, I feel normal. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys have been listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Funny. Once again, I am your host, Jesse McIntyre. Lynette, go!
0: I'm your other host, the bitch that don't get booked. noise. And Stacy Stark go
2: and I'm your other other host the one who always talks about women because I'm a lesbian
3: <laughs> let's go have a great night guys <laughs>